What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Joystick Jockeys, and I'm joined by my boo, always and forever, Ruben Medina. Yo, it's it's me. Yeah. You, you guys, you guys know me. Yeah, they, they know who you Ruben are. Ruben Medina. Who does it? <laughs> <laughs> like us. Yeah. I feel like I have to sell myself all of a sudden. Put me on the spot. And then we are also joined by um, a very special guest who has been here before, Brady Hagen. Hello, I am back. We're back again. And, you know, we're going to talk about stuff. We're going to talk about some video game stuff today, as we do every yeah. week. <laughs> if I'm around, you can kind of guess what we're going to talk about. Right, yeah. So <laughs> if, you have, if you guys have listened to the previous podcast with Brady on it, you should have... A pretty good idea of what we're going to talk about today, but before we get into that, um, what's everybody playing? Um, I guess since you're the guest, you'll go first, Brady. What are you playing right now? Uh, so, of course, currently I'm playing Fallout 4. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yes. Is, yeah, it is sucking all of my life out of me. Uh, but it's great. It's wonderful. Lots of great stuff. I'm playing it on the PC, which has been a blast. I've had extremely smooth frame rates, unlike what I've been hearing some of the consoles have been getting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but good lord, some of the LOD issues you can get is it's hilarious sometimes when you just like walk into an area and there's just boxes instead of buildings and you're like, oh okay, this is my life now. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, why doesn't anything have a texture? Where what's going on? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, aside from that, I've been playing Destiny. I picked that up a few weeks ago and powered leveled my character like mad. Mm-hmm. Uh, super fun. Really love that game. I'm in the in in game stuff now. I just need to do raids. What level are you at, Brady? I'm curious. I'm 40. Oh shit! Yeah. Uh, two two eighty three, two eighty six. Oh, dude. light level. Yeah, great. No, you're like, uh, yeah. If whenever we decide to play, like, through um, we can do. There's a lot of content we can do together. Then. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Sounds good. Uh, and then aside from that, I've been playing a game that was recommended to me by the wonderful artist who goes by at me mouse on Twitter. Uh, it's called Neko Atsume or Cat Collector. Uh, and it's on the Android. I believe it's on iOS. Yeah, too, it's on iOS as well. I have it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this game is it's a backyard and you can set up cat toys. And then you can put out food and then randomly cats will show up in this yard and you can take pictures of them. And that's the entire game. So you just put out the food in the morning, you close your app, you keep doing and then at random points throughout the day, you're like, I need a pick me up and you open it up and you're like, oh, look at all these cute little cartoon cats hanging out in this backyard. It's wonderful. I like how it was oddly voyeuristic, it seems, of just like, yeah, like, come to my, yeah, come here, come to my backyard. <laughs> yeah, now turn around, let me take a photo. Like, you just, you're literally just luring cats to your backyard. Right, You're like, right. yeah, you little fucker, I'm going to take photos of you. <laughs> <laughs> it's it sounds just... like something me mouse would be into, so I'm not surprised. <laughs> it's like oddly predatory towards these cats, just like, oh, you cute little right. piece of shit. Uh. <laughs> I guess that's that's my take on it. Maybe I'm <laughs> right. I don't. It's a little creepy, a little too involved, I think. But you know, that's fine. That's your thing. That's your deal. Hey man. Hey, everyone has a different different thing going on. We don't. Oh, yeah. We don't judge here at Joystick Jockeys, except when we do, and then it's very harshly. Yeah, it's extreme. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Definitely. Um, but uh, what about you, Rue? What are you playing? Um, uh, I'm playing, uh, so Destiny always, obviously, though I'm at that really nice, um, 
there's a there's an interesting sort of ebb and flow to Destiny every time you have new content come out, mm-hmm. and I'm at that sort of really nice moment in Destiny where uh, I don't have to play it every day to do like uh, to do bounties every day anymore. I can sort of just log on every week and do the Nightfall and do the raid. And then if I want to fuck around with friends that are doing other stuff, that's fine. But like to stay current, like I'm at light level 310 right now. Isn't that the max? No, 310. Or close to it? Yeah, I, so the the supposed, the max is 320 as far as we know. Um, <laughs> and hard mode uh, Oryx, which I've gotten all the way to Oryx in hard mode. I haven't beaten hard mode uh, Oryx himself yet. But um, uh Hard mode Oryx, one of the main differences, there's a couple differences, but one of the main ones is that the Oryx fight itself, everything is light level 320, so mm. you're underleveled for that fight, which is sort of how Destiny tends to do for hard modes. You're, 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 right. you're just doing way less damage, and you're taking a little bit more yeah. damage. Um, right. So, But it's nice, because it means that I can play other games that aren't Destiny, <laughs> which, <laughs> <Right>. is, <laughs> which is really, like really nice. Like Fallout. And Fallout yeah. is, you know, that's tough, because Fallout is a lot of time. Um, I'm a few hours into Fallout. I'm really, really enjoying it. Um, there's a couple things that I find... They've added some things, namely uh, how settlements work in uh, right. basically all the Minecraft sort of um, aspects of Fallout 4 that weren't in 3. Yeah. I personally find to be overwhelming. Uh, and I might like them like a, a couple more hours into the game, but right now I'm just in a constant state of like, should I be building this stuff right now, <laughs> or like, should I be building it at this location or do another location, or should I just like not bother with it for another couple hours, or like, right. am I gonna get fucked if I don't start like making a settlement and, and putting things up? So it's like constantly stressful uh, yeah. <laughs> in a way. Uh, to my understanding, uh, the more you follow the Minuteman quest line, the more that like that's what that quest line is for is to introduce you into more and more aspects of it. Uh, um, for me personally, what I've been doing is I'll do like a quest, like I'll go into a building and clear it out and just collect all the crap onto me and then throw it onto my dog, and then we teleport back to uh, sanctuary. I dump all the junk and scrap it by hand because you get more materials that way, mm-hmm. and then I I build a little bit. And then once I'm like, okay, I've built half of this building, or like I've laid out a floor plan for this building, I'm good to go. And then I go and do another quest. So that way I'm not spending too much time in the settlement, especially since I think Sanctuary isn't going to get messed with too much. Yeah. Since it's the first one, I don't think anyone's going to really mess with it too much. Um, but from what I've heard, if you keep following the Minutemen, uh, you'll get more into that. Gotcha. Okay. And I, I didn't even realize that I could make my dog carry stuff. So I'm going to start... Um doing that because there's yes. what's what is again also like more stressful but interesting about halo 4 versus 3 is that everything has value in halo 4 because everything <laughs> is potential fallout. or fallout sorry god I keep saying <laughs> keep doing this uh two big games coming out near the same time yeah yeah, <laughs> um, yeah but i keep uh i keep uh fallout 3 didn't have like everything was an item to grab and was worth something and now that you can scrap for materials to build things for your settlement suddenly like uh, you know, if you find like a weapon or a nuke or something, that's pretty cool. But sometimes you're like, I really need some desk fans, and I really yeah. need some shit. Like you're just you're like looking for weird like ops. telephones and desk fans are like the big things. Yes, you're just like, <laughs> oh my god, office equipment. Ugh. Like, yes, that's, that's what you're Give loading up it. on. Uh. Um, so it's been really, really weird and interesting. But it's it's uh, I mean it's fantastic. I'm playing it on PS4. I haven't had any major issues. Um, I think I've seen like frame rate dip below thirty. 
uh, a couple times. Um, we'll, it's we'll supposed get, to be locked at 30, though, right? Yeah, it's locked at 30, and I think on occasion I, I've seen dips below. Right. Um, but uh, in general, though, it works really well. The only thing that I can say is that um, navigating menu stuff, which you do a lot in Fallout, mm-hmm. is a fuck ton more cumbersome on console than it is on PC. It um, was it was horrible on PC when I first got it. Mm. Um, trying to navigate everything and like learn the shortcuts, especially like with the um, settlement yeah. stuff, it was just like no. So I actually got the um, Fallout Four Xbox One controller. It's mm. compatible with PC, so I I just plugged that thing in and it everything's been great since. So I'm gonna start using um the app on my phone. Because supposedly that makes it oh because you never have to really go into your pit boy necessarily you can just sort of yeah. do it on your phone which is nice yeah I I do I do I I downloaded the app and I've used it a few times and I find that I, I like definitely use it in cities and on settlements when I need to like drop stuff or move stuff around or deposit things but like you will not you know you'll throw your phone across the room if you're in combat because you're just like oh my god I need to blow everything up yeah I I think it's um. And I don't know, you played uh, Fallout 3, right, Brady? Yeah, of course. Cool. So um, I, I don't know if... Th- this is something I feel like I'm noticing. Vats seems to be way less useful in Fallout 4. Yeah. Um, I'm consistently going... So, like, Vats... I, I know people, people that played Fallout 3, and they played it like an FPS, um, and they never used yeah. Vats. I used Vats for everything, and you could I could do most things. And my agility is pretty high, and my perception is really high, so I should be able to do ranged attack pretty well, even with right. pistols and stuff. Unless I'm really, really close to people, like within eh, like shotgun range or so, Yeah, Vats is shit for hitting things. <laughs> I've noticed that as well. I think there's actually a perk, or multiple perks, that give you better Vats. Uh, accuracy mm-hmm. yeah i think um i know agility gives you more action points i think it might be perception that makes uh there's perks under perception that give your your vats uh, make it better but yeah, yeah. I, I think that it seems like they're really sort of pushing people to try to play it a little bit more fpsy outside of vats this time yeah definitely because um, yeah sometimes i'm like oh, let me do vats that way i'm not like fucking around with this fight and then i miss three out of four shots and i'm like yeah fuck god i just like now i can't sprint <laughs> That's something that I noticed too, like in, so, so far in this game, like when I'm playing, I'll play it how I thought about Fallout 3, where like I'll do first person shooter style, where like I'll snipe someone from a distance, because that's, I love sniping in this game. Um, and then like once someone starts coming at me and they're like a powerful enemy, like a super mutant or something, I'm like, okay, I need to take this guy down immediately. I get into bats and I miss every single time, whereas in the last game, that would have cleared him out, no problem. So I'm yeah. just like, shit. <laughs> yeah, it's sort of, it's making me like really hesitant to use VATS because it just, nine times out of ten, it's been disappointing where I'm like, I could have just shot. Like, I'll use more ammo this yeah. way, but I will also like not take nearly as much damage. Um, and right now, health is a lot more um, scarce than ammo is for me. So Yeah, yeah. Uh, do a lot of cooking. Yeah. Uh, cook everything, like all the meat that you get off animals, cook it, and then it doesn't cause radiation. Oh, and perfect. that's that's like all I use now. That's all I eat. Yeah, because early game, there's not you don't find a lot of Rataway or Radex early game. Like there's no. not a like a lot of good ways. I did that. Um, I came across a quarry, and some dude wanted me to fix some pumps of his, which mm-hmm. like involves jumping in water and all water yeah. and rad out or all water and fallout is uh, rad poisoned. Yeah, and uh, so I was like, well, I did that mission, but there's a fuck ton of rads on me now, and thankfully I'd found some some Rataway, but otherwise I would have been fucked. 
So, funny story, and this will be the last thing we say about Fallout, but the quarry you're talking about is the area where, you, like, on the PC version, you have the largest LOD issue. So, really? everything in that quarry is a box. <laughs> it's absolutely hilarious. Like, except for the guy in the water pump he's standing next to, everything else is a box. Uh, and it's awful, because you can just fall off in the ledge, because you don't know that it's a ledge. That's crazy. That's insane. That that's Because re- it's not like a really... I mean, looking at it, it doesn't look like a really uh, taxing area. It, it's not. It's an issue with uh, texture streaming, to mm. my understanding. It's mm-hmm. just there's something wrong with the, the coding of that area. Huh. So. Um, that's really weird. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm kind of interested. It's funny. There's a, a couple games, uh, indie games, or like, I think a couple articles where like, they'll, uh, they'll take a game and they'll take away all the textures. And it's like, oh, if we take away all the textures on this game, it looks like a really cool artsy indie game. Right, right. So I'm always tempted to be like, I wonder what Halo 4 or uh, what like, Fallout 4 would look like without the textures on. Uh, right. It's like done the right way. Um, so yeah, I've been playing Fallout 4. Um, been playing Groove Coaster, which has been out on iOS and Android for forever. But I recently played... Groove Coaster is a game that Taito came out with, and it's a rhythm game. Okay. And it is... It's a really simple rhythm game. You have like... Uh, there's a line or like, you know, like a roller coaster track that you are attached to the entire time. Mm-hmm. And there's just... Um, you just come across parts... Like you're constantly just writing it. And you just tap... Um, and sometimes you have to like swipe left or right, or you have to tap with two fingers. Um, and it's really basic. Like it's not super difficult, but it's sort of relaxing and easy. Um, there's, if you go to the arcade, there's an arcade version of it that has these two big, um, (laughs) they're they're two big orbs with like a protrusion. So they're basically like massive, uh, nipples sort of, (laughs) and you have one under each hand. And the idea is that you you control your swipes with them, and you also uh, the top of them is like the nipple parts a button, and you tap the button for the taps. Um, so so you're f- you're flicking and tapping nipples to play this it's, game. It's like if they really wanted to like skin it, it could easily just be like like fondle coaster five thousand or something. <laughs> right. um, but it's just really relaxing, and I, I forgot about it, and I redownloaded it, and I was like, oh yeah, this game is really relaxing and fun. Um, so- Oddly yeah. enough, the logo for this game, because I just looked it up, is mm-hmm. exactly the same logo as Video Games Live, which is a uh, concert tour that does video game music. Yeah. It's almost identical. Yeah, like the headphones on a Space Invader. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it is. It really is. Um, but it's, it's, it's free. You can buy like song, like song packs for it. The song packs are like stupid expensive, though. Like it'll be like 20 bucks for. It'll be like a lot of songs, but it's like 20 bucks for like a song pack sometimes. Yeah. Um, Jeez. And what sucks is that, and I could be wrong about this, but the arcade version uh, has a bunch of like anime theme songs, which I was like, oh, the, the Neon Duh, Genesis Evangelion theme song, sick. Yeah, I'm going to play to this. Um, or like, you know, they had really recent animes, like they would update it with the theme songs with new like tracks for it. And I haven't seen that in the mobile version, which I'm a little bit sad about because I would probably actually Aww. spend some money on that because I'm dumb. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that's fun. And um, and then I've been playing Halo Five. I'm not super far into it. I maybe like uh, maybe five missions or so. I just just actually saw the Guardian. Um, oh yeah, which was really cool. That was a really cool moment. Um, I'm really really enjoying it. Uh, though there's some things that. Uh, and I was—I figured, you know, with Brady here, we can we can ask Brady about some of these things. Whatever he he uh, he can talk about uh, as far as NDA is concerned. Yeah. Um, so I think some of the things I like about this, I really really loved Halo Four. Um, some of the things I've noticed about this game that I really love, uh, I think the characterizations uh, are awesome. Like the writing's really good in this one. 
Um, like I think uh, Osiris team is really well fleshed out and like all the characters seem really unique and fun. I like Osiris team a lot. Blue team's a little bit flatter, which is uh, so Halo 5. Um, you basically go back and forth between playing as Osiris team and blue team. Osiris team is led by Locke and they're, they're all Spartans and they're basically hunting after um, Master Chief because he's gone um, AWOL more or less. Uh, he's he's acting like not under directive and against directive um, exclusively, and so Master Chief has his blue team with him, and then uh, Locke has Osiris team, and Osiris has Buck, who's been in uh, he was an ODST who Nathan Fillion plays, and a couple other really awesome characters. Um, the writing's really good. The shooting feels weird to me, but I think it's because I've been playing Destiny for so long, and right. Destiny feels very different from Halo. Yes, absolutely. Um, uh- and I don't, I think like Halo shooting, I think is still, it's like, it's still good. It's just, I'm so used to Destiny, it feels super weird to me. Right, right. Um, uh, mm-hmm. So they, again, just NDA thing, uh, everything I say is, is my personal opinion. It does not reflect that of my uh, employer or the parent company, which would be Microsoft. Um, but yeah, no, I definitely agree. I know uh, when I first started playing Destiny, I went, oh, this is not Halo. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's definitely a back and forth street. Like they're both good in their own way. Um, and it just takes, it's like shifting gears. You kind of just have to shift gears to get used to the other one again. Mm-hmm. Um, but th- you know, they both have their positives. So, yeah, yeah. I think, um, one of the things that, so, uh, the, one of the big changes about this, about Halo five versus previous Halo is that, um, Halo Halo came out before ADS or Aim Down Sights was sort of the norm for FPSs. Um, right. Aim Down Sight wasn't really a thing in every. It wasn't really a thing until I don't know, probably Call of Duty Modern Warfare, probably. Probably. Um, and now, like almost every game that's an FPS has some sort of ADS, uh, like usually left trigger to snap uh, into ADS and releasing to go out of it. Uh, Destiny works that way, and so Halo Five. Um, Sniper rifles and a couple guns had ADS in in Halo games. Mm-hmm. Um, but in this game, every gun has ADS. Yep. And it's interesting because I instinctively, I tend to go into ADS, but I feel like it's actually detrimental to me in Halo most of the time. Um, because in Halo, if you get hit, it snaps you out of ADS. What's yeah, an ADS? What's, ADS? What is that? I don't know what that is. What is aim, that? It's, uh, it's aim down sights. Is what okay. that is. Okay. Uh, so it's it's when the gun gets pulled up directly to your screen, so you're looking down at. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Got it. Got yeah. It, got it. So that's like in like you know we see, that's in like every FPS now, but for mm-hmm. a long time that wasn't a thing except for sniper rifles. Right. Um. And so it makes sense getting getting snapped out of ADS for down a sniper rifle makes more sense to me. Mm-hmm. Um. But getting snapped out of ADS for like every gun. Uh, it's made me use it less because I'm just like, ah, like I'm in the middle of shooting you with a pistol or a shotgun close range. And of course I'm going to get hit and it's right. going to cancel. Like it's going to cancel my aim or shot. Right. Uh, so I found that it's like forcing me to play more like old halo in a weird way. <laughs> um, I also turned off. There's an option called uh, stabilization. Cause I noticed that it felt like my aim was getting sort of stabilized on occasion. Oh, uh, right. And it's different from auto aim. Um, <laughs> It's not snapping me to. It wasn't snapping me to the enemy a little bit, which uh, Destiny has a little bit, and it's actually it's it's uh, target acquisition is a function of what type of scope you use in your on your gun in Destiny. Um, Some scopes have better target acquisition than others, so some have stronger snap to target than others. 
Um, and you can feel it. If you have a scope that has a really high target acquisition, you'll actually notice that you get your reticle pulled to the enemy. And then some you barely feel it at all. Um, right. So in Halo 5, it feels like um, the stabilization, it was an evening. It was weird. Like, I would, if I snapped into sights, I could feel like the gun sort of would, like, I don't know, like, it, it's hard to describe because it's not acquisition. It just kind of evens my aim out. Like, mm. like, in a, in, in a parallel to the ground way. Even though it's always going to be parallel to the ground, I guess. Cause right. <laughs> um, yeah, it just felt, uh, it, just, it just felt weird as so I turned it off. Um, yeah, it's it just it feels it's still like it's really really good. It's just from playing Destiny for so long, it's definitely a different feeling game. Yeah, no, it, and the nice thing is, is like that all most of that stuff is customizable. Mm-hmm. In. Uh, in the options. So if there's something you don't like about it in Halo specifically, you can just switch it off or turn it down. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes it's a sensitivity slider. So, you know, it, that's nice. And I think it allows people to play Halo more the way that they actually want to play it. Um, I do know that, um, and, and this has been discussed about by higher ups and stuff publicly. It's just, they really wanted to make a Halo game that was much more, competitive you know like we're really pushing esports with this particular halo uh where all the microtransaction um purchases go into funding the prize pool for the halo tournament um and and future map development which is really cool Mm -hmm. um and i know that's that's an area that some people uh don't like and it kind of cracks me up because usually when i hear their arguments um they completely miss what is actually being done with microtransactions. They're just like, they're trying to say like a blanket statement for all microtransactions when that's not the system that is implemented into Halo 5. Um, I know like I was listening to a review. It was, um, oh God, what's his name? Like Angry Joe Mm -hmm, did one and uh, Zero Punctuation also did a, a review on Halo 5. And both of them, like they just did a very blanket hate statement on microtransactions and they didn't actually look at what we were doing in the game itself um, and how that benefited uh, players, which is a little tough um, being on the inside seeing that kind of stuff because it's like you're you're perpetrating the f- a false image of what is actually being done. Yeah, there's um, nothing wrong with microtransactions if they're handled in, in a way that's that's fair and not abusive to the player. Right and like nothing about uh, from what I've seen from Halo's microtrans is uh, nothing there is gating you from having a a good competitive experience. No, like nothing, nothing at all. Nothing there is giving someone else a leg up on you. Um, it's from what I've seen, it's most pretty much entirely cosmetic, um, and it's the same reason why like you know Destiny introduced microtransactions recently. And people got worried, but then they were okay because right now microtransactions in Destiny are purely just for dance emotes, uh, right? And maybe down the road shaders and uh, you know um, special versions of your vehicle, like sparrows, but things that won't affect actual gameplay at all. Uh, right. And that's the great way to do microtransaction because I play enough Destiny that yeah, for sure I will spend some money on doing. Uh, I, I I bought the kiss emote like blowing people kisses because I just do it to people all the time because it infuriates some people. Um, which is I'm like I'm just spreading love and people get upset. Um, <laughs> but uh, something I mean, positive. Screw you. I, I mean maybe they don't want that love directly after I've killed them and that's why they're upset. But uh. Uh, um, but you know that's uh, there's nothing wrong with microtransactions in that 
fashion. It's it's only when it's pay to win, um, it, and you're giving people that have the money an unfair advantage over uh, other people that it becomes a big issue. And, and so I, I know I think it's bullshit, and I hate it when people are just like, "Oh, microtransactions! Oh, they're the worst thing in the world." It's like, no, it's it's a new revenue stream. Like we wouldn't have we wouldn't have uh, we wouldn't have um, mobas without microtransactions. Oh God, no! Like yeah. the <laughs> biggest games in the entire world, we wouldn't have any of that without microtransactions. Microtransactions are why they're able to have million dollar prize pots. You know, like yeah, right. That's exactly where all that money is going. Um, I'm pretty sure for yeah. Dota, the the money that people spend on the compendiums is what is uh, is what fuels the pot for all the Dota. Um, right. Uh, championships. So lay off. Microtransactions are okay if you're done the right <laughs> way. Yeah, you know, like I, this is this is obviously again completely personal opinion, but it, like I have no problem with you critiquing the mic- microtransaction system that's in place in a game, even if I've worked on that game in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, it just just actually know the system. Don't don't do blanket terms because it like most people are just going to bl- take your word for it. But then the people that actually do know the system are just going to get upset because it clearly shows that you're ignorant to the actual subject at hand. Yes, that requires research. It requires time. (laughs) It takes educating yourself in time. It's like, I don't want to educate myself so I can know what I'm talking about. It's so hard. I just want to be angry and talk (laughs) out of my ass. And like that's why you can you can still like even if you educate yourself you can still disagree with something yeah, and this absolutely. is actually going to come up to something I'm gonna I'm gonna ask uh, Brady about here in a second. Um, you can still have that opinion, just don't be a, a twat about it. Um, <laughs> like so so uh, just to to for Halo Five for a second because um, it's something I noticed and it, to me it's glaring and I'm sure ninety seventy five percent ninety five percent of gamers don't notice it. Um, so Halo 5, from a technical pr- perspective, does a thing that I noticed immediately and I can't unsee. And it's not mm-hmm. ruining the game for me, but I've, I'm having to actively g- ignore it. And it's, it's something that games, um, I've seen other games do, but it seems more egregious in um, Halo 5. So Halo 5 runs at 60 FPS. Um, and I don't know if it's locked, but it seems consistent. I haven't really seen, I haven't seen dips. Um, like and it looks no you you shouldn't see dips there there is virtually no dips at all it's pretty much locked at sixty and it looks fantastic and for an FPS uh, the difference like fifty or uh, sixty FPS and thirty FPS gives a completely in, like a, an entirely different feel to guns in FPS games yeah. that's why uh, modern warfare you know you you'll never see them uh, not let that game run at sixty. Uh, because right. it changes the feel of modern warfare. A lot of people play that game because of how it feels. So um, one of the things that I assume helps three four three achieve this pretty much locked sixty FPS rate is enemies and well enemies and NPCs at distance uh, animate at thirty FPS instead of sixty. Um, right. I've seen games do this with things far off in the distance or with like 2D sprites and crowd scenes far away. Yep. Uh, I feel like what I was noticing in Halo 5 is the range at which enemies begin animating at 30 FPS is, for me, seems to be way too close uh, in as much as I just see it a lot. Um, and right. they're moving at 30 FPS, you can tell, because it, it looks sort of... There's like a claymation-y look, and movements across the ground become slidey. Um, 
Right. And you, you can certainly see it with sniper rifles because obviously, like, I get that. If I'm in a scope and something's really far away, I kind of understand seeing it move that way. But mm-hmm. there's times where I'm shooting stuff with um, a battle rifle or, you know, um, an AR or a battle rifle or even a pistol and I'm noticing it. And I was just curious. I don't know what you can speak to about that. Um, I understand why it's there. It just seems to be like a really, it seems like the, the distance at which they start doing that is really close. Right. Uh, so Halo 5 uses a uh, dynamic resolution system to stay at 60 FPS. Um, so what that means is depending on the scene that you're in, in the game, um, the Xbox is going to adjust certain aspects to make sure that you stay at 60. Mm-hmm. Um, and it will do whatever it needs to do uh, to stay at 60. That is that is its top priority. Um but you you can look it up. There's there's all kinds of articles on it called uh, it's it's called dynamic resolution or the uh, no that's it that's the name. So mm-hmm. that might that might shine a bit more light onto the what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think I think that's that's the answer. <laughs> okay, yeah, that, and that's fine. That's that's completely fine. Um, uh, yeah, I was just sort of curious because it's it's one of those things where um, you know there's a there's a really good chance that most players don't notice it at all. Mm-hmm. And I think if that's the case, then it makes it would make sense from like a, a top level call to be like, hey guys, you know what? This is what we really need the game to do to hit, you know, maintain sixty. That's top yeah. priority for us. So it's going to be at this far of a distance. Um, but for me playing it, I was just like, God, like this game's really good. But that is like, if I had been working on it, I feel like my brain would have been like, I don't know if we can we can do that. Like I don't know if that's. But again, you know, if it was to make sixty FPS happen, then I have to be like, well, hey, this is the only yeah. way that, this is the only way that's going to happen. Um, yeah, no, we, we, there, there was a lot of stress on getting it to be 60 FPS um, mm-hmm. constant. So there was a special system developed to pretty much like, no matter what, has to be 60. And that's what the system's going to do. Yeah, and, and um, I, I, I sound like I've probably been a little bit harsh on the game in general because I've talked about mainly about uh, things I've noticed with it that are maybe gripey sounding. But in general, like I'm having a really like great time with it, and the story has been really awesome. Uh, Halo has a really rich and interesting lore, but yeah. this might be... Um, I thought 4 had a really great story, and this story, the, they've done just enough off the top of it so far to make me really interested... Um, and I, without spoiling stuff, like what's going on with Cortana this time is mm-hmm. way different and really interesting. Man, and, spoilered right there, jeez. Well, it, it, it's just all I'm saying <laughs> is that it's just Cortana stuff. There's Cortana stuff going right. on, and it's really fucking interesting. Um, and uh, the the fact that you play between both uh, Blue Team and Osiris Team, the dynamic there is also really interesting. I think it's one of the best. Uh, stories I've come across in a Halo game so far. So if you like Halo games, and if you just like FPSs in general, you should pick it up, because it's really good. And it does, like, it looks really fucking good at 60 FPS. Like, that's one of the best-looking games on Xbox One right now, for sure. Have you tried Warzone at all? I have not played any multiplayer, and I hear that that's where... The single player is good, but I've heard that the multiplayer in 5 is where it shines. Yeah, yeah. I've I've heard people say that uh, Halo 5 is the best... Halo multiplayer of the series now, which is amazing. Yeah, uh, sure. So I, I think, you know, c- come back onto the the podcast a few weeks from now and talk about your multiplayer experience, and uh, it'll be a completely different mind melt, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, and I think so, too. I'm really, really excited to try the, uh, the multiplayer on it, because I've only heard... I've heard that Warzone is insane, but really, really fun. Um, yeah. And that how rec packs work is also really, really cool. So I'm excited to try it. So I'm not playing 
um, Fallout 4 or Halo 5. Because <laughs> you don't play shooty games. I, I don't play, I don't play sh- the space shootmans. I don't really play the space shootmans that often. That's um, cool. That's or, fine. Or just shootmans in general, really. But um, I, Can we make a game called Shootmans? Yeah. The best <laughs> FPS just called Shootmans. Yes, it's called Shootmans. Um, yeah, but... Uh, yeah, I hope you don't mind if I jump in here. Um, mm-hmm. No, but, please. Uh, but uh, you've been quiet for like an hour. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm I'm playing um, Rise of the Tomb Raider, and Ooh, yeah. it's amazing. <laughs> there is like there is significantly more um, actual tomb raiding in this game than there was in the in the in the first one because I think that was the biggest critique that a lot of players had about the first uh, the the first of the Tomb Raider reboot games was that. It felt too much like Uncharted, mm-hmm. and it was just like Lady Uncharted, which I'm I'm here for that. Like I'm I don't have any problems with that. But which is funny because Uncharted was Dude Raider originally. Yeah. So exa- yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so because it's funny because we're we're in a time now to where there are kids that never played Tomb Raider and have only played Uncharted. So then they see Tomb Raider and they're like. Oh, this is just girl uncharted. It's like, well, no, that Tomb Raider was actually first. But um <laughs> Yeah. Honey. Yeah, but it's uh but it's really fun. I'm really, really enjoying it a lot. Um there's significantly more tomb raiding in in this than there was in the previous one. And mm-hmm. I'm really enjoying that aspect of it because there's a there's a lot more um there's a larger sense of discovery than there was in the first game, even though you could still kind of go off the beaten path a little bit in the original game mm-hmm. and uh, kind of find tombs, but there weren't nearly as many. Um, I've played the game for maybe like three or four hours, and there has already been significantly more too many. I've already done like two gigantic um, side missions that were these really awesome tombs with... The, okay. puzzles, the puzzles weren't too difficult, but mm-hmm. it was but it was still fun. It was engaging enough. And I wanted to, like, explore and do all kinds of different stuff. And then I kind of got to go back onto the main quest. And then at the second location that I'm at right now, it's already given me a bunch of side missions that I can do that are optional, like, right at the get-go. So the there's a lot of variety. There's a lot of freedom involved with um, with the new Tomb Raider. So I'm really enjoying that right. aspect of it a lot. Um, and it looks incredible. Um, I already said that I'm going to buy the game again when it comes out on PS4 uh, at the end of next year. Because I'm mm-hmm. sure whatever, um, whatever like uh, DLC or bonus stuff that they that they do with the current with uh, with it currently on Xbox One, they'll just package it all together for the PS4. So I'll probably just play it all again then. But um, and by that point, I would have played a million other games by the time it comes out because they're they're projecting end of 2016 for when the game is going to be on on PS4. So wow, that's well, quite a distance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, Microsoft secured some sort of like like year exclusive deal. For that game, but uh, yeah, it's definitely coming to PC and PS4 later on. But um, it looks amazing. It's a lot of fun. Um, that big old Samoan man that was in the first one's back, and he's real cute. <laughs> um, so um, <laughs> is it a is it still as a Metroidvania uh, Metroidvania ish as the first game was? Because I felt like there was a it's not not quite, but there is that you're in an area and you see shit that obviously you can interact with, but you just don't have the tools for it and you will later to come back to. Yeah, definitely. Cause I've already encountered okay. some spaces where it's like, Oh, well you need this weapon to get to come back to this and you can fast travel really quickly in nice. the game. So you can, once you get that stuff, you can go back to those first areas and discover all that extra stuff that you couldn't have, that you didn't have access to prior. So yeah, there's definitely a lot of that Metroidvania uh, kind of stuff in there already. So 
I had to make sure I said Metroidvania E and not Metroidvania like I did the first time because that just sounds really sexual in a weird yeah. way. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, uh, Metroidvania. Ugh. Ugh. But um, yeah, I'm I'm really enjoying it. I'm only about four or five hours into it. But um, other than that, I'm still playing a lot of Tales of Zestiria. I'm I'm pretty close to beating that game. I'm at the point to where it's like you got to pad out the story a little bit because you're getting close to beating the game. So it's like mm-hmm. go and find all these other things to kind of find more information about the story and the lore of the of the game before you can proceed to get to like the the climax and the uh, and the final battle of the game. So I'm getting close to beating that. And then I'm still um, slowly but surely digging into Yokai Watch. So that's kind of what's been on my uh, video game plate for the past uh, week and a half or so. How many uh, how many hours is Zestiria shaping up to be for you? Um, I, right now I'm around thirty. I'm around okay. thirty hours. There's so I probably still have about another ten or ten, potentially fifteen, maybe. I probably sound like a huge asshole, but when it comes to JRPG type games, like thirty is such a good number for me. No, I'm it just is. like ah, like just enough time to tell a big story, and like once I mean I enjoy past that if the game's really good. Mm-hmm. But part of me like if I'm like ah, oh, it's sixty hours, I'm like oh god, sixty. Mm-hmm. Oh, but I'm playing Destiny and Fallout. There's no way. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, because I mean they're they're huge. They're they're huge uh, time sinks in terms of game. But uh, yeah, I'm trying to get through that because. Uh, Xenoblade comes out uh, <laughs> in, oh. in, a, in a couple of weeks, and that's going to be the game that takes me into 2016, more than likely. But um, goodbye, Fallout. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'm just trying to get through it. But um, beyond that, that's pretty much all that I'm playing. And of course, I'm always playing Smash, always and forever. Uh, how's the um, how's the story in the new Tomb Raider? Because uh, the first one, the story is amazing. Like, yeah. I thought it was really well done. Yeah, um, I, I really enjoyed the story of the first game. I think it's just as compelling, the the story in this one. Again, I'm not too far enough into the game to where I'm getting a lot of the meat and potatoes of the story, but it's been compelling enough as is. Um, there's been a lot of, like, back and forth between timelines of doing different things. Like, there's, like, a little bit of um, Lara a few months prior to the events of where the game actually starts that mm-hmm. she gets to kind of explore and do for a little bit. And then you get to meet some really cool characters from that, and the the setup has been really fun. I really like right. this, I really like the establishing um, the establishing um, premise of the story so far. It's been really fun. Are they dealing with um, any sort of like uh, PTSD with her at all in this game? Um, no, it's not so much any like kind of PTSD stuff for her. She's really she's kind of like on this think she's like I've gotta I've gotta like find my father's research I've gotta mm-hmm. I've gotta do this for my dad pretty much kind of a kind of a kick she's like she's like he missed something he missed he missed a key detail in this and I'm gonna find it mm-hmm. and and her buddy's like Laura it's too dangerous you shouldn't do it like you gotta relax girl and she's like nah son <laughs> I'm going and if I'm you, gonna do it <laughs> and if you want to come get your ass over here and come but uh, other than that I'm I'm out of here but uh yeah, she's trying to like you know do right by her father, pretty much, which is pretty cool. That was so, a oh, go ahead, Brady, go ahead. Uh, I was gonna say, t- to my understanding, the lead writer on this game is still uh, Rihanna Pratchett, mm-hmm. uh, who is the daughter of the late Terry Pratchett, famous author, did Discworld. He was uh, part of the Monty Python group, mm-hmm. all that jazz. Um, so he passed away this year, and the fact that we're getting a Tomb Raider about a daughter trying to complete her father's work mm-hmm. uh, seems very resonant. So I, I'm not going to be surprised at all if people tell me this game just knocked 
knocks it out of the park with the story. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I didn't even think about the connection there. Yeah, that would be, um, man, yeah. Okay, that, that'd be, yeah, that'd be cool. Just because I think, yeah, writing tends to come, you know, if, you're, if it's coming from like a true or honest place, there's so much more that gets put into it. And Rihanna Pratt is already such a great writer. Um, I didn't even think about that. It makes me want to play the game more, actually. It's really good. It's really, really good. It's stunning. It is beautiful. Like, there are just so many um, subtle animations, like, in Laura. It's, it's incredible. So you start off in, like, this kind of, like, frozen tundra mm-hmm. um, aspect um, in, the, in the game. And you actually see, like, Laura, like, sh- like, shivering and, like, trying to keep herself warm. Like, and she animates while she's trying to do that. So it's, like, and it's really well done. Like, she's always, like, kind of, like, looking around and, like, holding, like, ho- like being really, really closed off because she's trying to stay warm and, and all that stuff. It's, it, it's fantastic. It's so good. Like, Crystal Dynamics is amazing at what they do. Um, it's Everything that I loved about the first game, they've expanded upon that and have just made it like even better. And I'm, yeah, I'm I'm hooked completely. It's so much fun. I and what's great it's, is that they put in front of you when you're in the new zone, wherever you're at, it shows mm-hmm. you all the things that you can do, like mm-hmm. in the zone. Like, oh, you've collected X amount of the of these um, trophies out of out of twenty five of them, and you and they're all scattered about the whole map. And then there's little. And whenever you start like doing stuff in the map, and if it's like part of a um, part of an achievement or something, it'll it'll kind of like give you like a little notification. It's like, oh, you've um, you've done uh, one out of you've you've uh, done one out of five of these of this particular task, which is really cool. And what I also think think is really really interesting is that there's um, a leveling mechanic for Laura's understanding of other languages. Mm-hmm. So what's Ooh. awesome is that you'll go up to like a monolith or a painting or um or looking at some sort of like engraving or something on um on a on a statue and you'll go up to it and if it's in like for instance if it's in Russian, like Laura will go up to it and she'll try to decipher it. But if your um language understanding level is too low, you won't be able to read it. So kind of again towards that like Metroidvania kind of thing, it's like you progress through the game and as your um as your familiarity with the languages get better, you can then go back and like find out more about the different about the about the story based on like these engravings or etchings or whatever it is that you encounter in a game that you can't read at that current point in time because your uh, language understanding of that particular language is too low. So you're telling me a video game about an explorer actually has a mechanic that has to do with understanding and being educated to explore better. Yeah, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah, uh, God, <laughs> who'd have so- thought? Yeah, who'd have thought? Uh, the makers of Gex would, <laughs> would produce <laughs> such an amazing game. Yeah. Uh, actually, I loved oh. Gex when I was a kid, even though it was like ridiculous and stupid. I only yeah. had Gex sixty four. Uh, I think was Gex sixty four the the one with the ad campaign with him and a real blonde woman. Yeah, because it was like the whole like James Bond thing, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 yeah I don't remember the woman showing up in the game, though. I don't think she does. I think it was just an ad campaign where it was, like, Gex covering a, like, a... Yeah, he had his hands on, on the tits of a woman. Yeah, I Oh, goodness. Because Gex 3, back in spring 1999. Oh, the 90s of video games. <laughs> <laughs> when anything went, and it was all dumb. Uh, oh, yeah, man. I mean, fa- uh, Tomb Raider uh, 2014, I guess you can call it. Uh, or was it 2014 or 2013? 2013. 2013. 2013, that Tomb Raider, that was easily one of my top five yeah. games, yeah. if not top three that year. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did a really, 
amazing job with that series. So I once I am caught up on the fucking epics I'm currently playing. Yeah. Tomb Raider it is. It's very good. It's very, very good. I highly recommend it to anybody. It's just a really solid game, and you can play it without having played the first game. Um, but um, I'm always of the of the belief. It's like if you if you want to get like the full experience, like play the, the first one and then go to the new one. But uh, yeah, it's, they're both amazing. Play those games if you haven't played if you haven't played either of them. Do it. Um, but yeah, beyond that, that's that's all that I've got going on on my plate. So um, why don't we take a quick that only look. took us an hour. That only. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so let's take a quick little break, and then we will talk about our main subject of the day, which is the Nintendo Direct. So, all right, we've been bitching about this for months. People have been <laughs> bitching about this on the internet for months. I have been like, as much as I would like a new Nintendo Direct, Satoru Wada has passed, and it's a huge undertaking to whoever's going to be his successor for doing Nintendo Directs going forward. And I'm sure they're trying to figure out right. all like the logistical stuff of like what are they going to do? Who's going to be the person in charge of it? Is it going to be representatives from each territory that's going to do something, or are we going to have someone from NOJ that can speak English talk about this? And I think that they did the best approach that they did is that they kind of had um, they had Nintendo Directs for each territory that showed a lot of the same stuff, but had different representatives for each territory. Because for Nintendo of America, for the most part, it was just Reggie and Bill. Yeah. And I think that b- this being the first Nintendo Direct since um, the passing of Satoru Iwata, they've, they really did a fantastic job and they've done him proud. I think that they really did a really good job with this. You could really tell that intro was, uh, that intro was rough on Reggie. Yeah. Uh, and that, that was kind of like, that even made it even work better. Because, um, you know, like, no one's trying to pass this off as, like, it's going to be easy now. You know, it's like, yeah. things are going to change. And that's okay, but, like, we're still honoring him because he would want them to keep going. Yeah, mm-hmm. abs- absolutely. But um, I really think that... I, I had no idea what they were going to talk about, but they really came out gangbusters mm-hmm. for real. And we got a bunch of really, really cool stuff. I think it. Um, I think it's interesting, like, before we get into the stuff, it, yeah. I just... I think it really... Um, as as many qualms as I have with how Nintendo runs stuff uh, in general, as far as like online and et cetera, um, I it speaks to that company and how good leadership is that uh, after losing Iwata, there are still so many people that can, you know, they're not going to replace them obviously because uh, you can't, but they are still so good and so charming to watch and such great ambassadors of the brand because I can't. There's very few companies, I think, that have people in lead positions that you feel drawn to or that you, like, uh, have, like, really nice, warm feelings for. Mm -hmm. And Bill Trinan is so approachable and uh, easy to listen to and watch. Mm -hmm. And so is Reggie. And, you know, obviously, like, Miyamoto. And there's just, like, a wealth of just what seem like genuinely good people at that company that are running it. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Um, and that's not necessarily the case that you see in the gaming industry throughout, you know, developers and uh, heads of, you know, of, of, of big groups. I think there's actually, like, I mean, we're lucky. I think you have a couple really, really good guys. I think Phil Spencer's been doing a great job with Xbox. Um, mm-hmm. Phil's of, been knocking it out of the park. I, I mean, I think he's single-handedly turning Xbox One around from mm-hmm. what would have them be, what would have been them being completely in every single way outclassed and outmaneuvered and just crushed by PS4 to they're not going to win sales this console uh, cycle, but I think they're doing a lot to win back customers and not get rushed. Um, Definitely. I agree. He's been a huge bit of that company. And again, like he's another guy that's like, I like watching Phil Spencer talk and he seems like a decent dude. He Uh, is. He absolutely is. I've met him in person a few times and he is one of the most mellow people I've met for someone in such a high position, like not to the point that he's lax or anything, but like you just feel comfortable around him and that's nice. And I think, I don't know if, um, as much as I love Sony, I don't know if I can think of someone at Sony that I quite feel the same way about when I watch them. Um, the guy who handles all of their, their indie, um, relations seems really rad and I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Um, but he's whatever he's on like stage D three, he's great. But like like right now, I can't remember any of their names for Sony. Right. Uh, so that yeah, that was always the issue. Is Microsoft and Nintendo or uh, Sony never had those kind of people. They never had the faith that was like a household name, like yeah. Miyamoto or Iwata or Reggie or Bill. Now, mm-hmm. uh, so it's really cool seeing at least at least Microsoft is pulling that out with uh, with uh, Spencer, as you said. It would be nice to see. Sony kind of solidify who that person is. Yeah. Uh, for them. Uh, Jack Trenton's who I'm thinking of, I think, for Sony. And uh, Trenton's like, uh, I, Trenton, I enjoy watching him sometimes, but mm-hmm. he still seems like a business guy. Yeah. He's just like talking to the people that buy his shit. Um, Adam Boyles is who I'm thinking about, is who I love at Sony. When he's on stage, Adam Boyles is really, really nice to like listen to and talk to. Mm-hmm. He seems genuinely interested in games um but you know it's sony has a wealth of those people constantly which is why i think nintendo directs work so well and the company is so Mm -hmm. just endearing consistently yeah i mean and what i've always liked about nintendo is that and i've said this for years is that they've always have done their own thing they've always have kind of gone their own way and still are able to convey the same information that our their competitors like sony and microsoft can still portray the same information, but they're doing it in a very Nintendo quote unquote way, which yeah. is like, yeah, like they, they don't need to have a giant press conference with all like the crazy like videos and all that stuff, like at like at E3 or anything like that. It's like, no, we pre record these videos ahead of time for the show and they're typically like funny, tongue in cheek, and all of that stuff. And it's very Nintendo, it's very like. It's like that best friend. You're like, oh, that's my funny best friend that says really bad jokes, but I love him just the same. Yeah. So it's <laughs> I, I, I like that. It's it's warm. It's it's warm. It's inviting, and it's it's fun, and it's always just fun, and that's what games should be and should continue to be. And they are keeping up with that tradition. Past um, now that the torch has been passed from Iwata, and um, yeah, we're moving forward to some really cool stuff. And 2016 is looking really good for them so far what once we get past this holiday season mm-hmm. it'll start looking up definitely yeah mm-hmm. yeah because a holiday for them this season is not so hot um there yeah. are a couple titles here and there like xenoblade 
is like one of the one of the great ones that are going to be out for the holidays. But for the most part, they're still talking about like you can get like the Black Friday deal for the Wii U, where you get Smash Brothers and Splatoon preloaded on the Wii U for two forty nine for two forty nine or three forty nine. That's nuts. Three forty nine, I think. No, there's it's got to be like two forty nine. Yeah, two forty nine sounds like yeah, too much. Yeah, yeah, it's two forty. It's two forty nine. Is nuts. It's like get the two best selling games for a console preloaded on your system for the price of just buying a console. Just just get it. Yes, so if you don't own a Wii U yet, you need to get that bundle. Like that yeah. is that is the one you've been waiting for yeah. if you've mm-hmm. been holding off on getting it. Yeah, absolutely. Because for a while I was trying totally to to get the Mario Kart eight bundle. Like because Mario Kart 8's amazing. But uh this is the one to get. <laughs> this is this definitely is, the one to get. And I think that's across the board in general. Like if you haven't bought a next gen console, right now is the time to buy a next gen console. Yeah, um, every single uh, Xbox, Sony, and Wii, uh, Xbox, Sony, and Nintendo, all have really amazing bundles for really cheap. Like mm-hmm. you're seeing in between the two fifty to three fifty range for all of these. Yeah, and you're not just getting the system, but you're getting either extra controllers or you're getting a couple really really fantastic games. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Wii U is the spring for Wii U is nuts. There's a shit ton of really good games coming out in spring for Wii U. Yeah. Yeah, so definitely. So we can kind of jump into kind of the the stuff, the meat and potatoes of the direct. Um so what I'm really excited about, um Fire Emblem Fates is is happening in the spring. I'm super excited about that. Um and I didn't realize that there were technically three games. I knew there were two with uh, Birthright and um Conquest. Is that what mm-hmm. it's Oh, I think yeah. that's, I think that's the, the, what the other name is, and then yep. the 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 um the third one, like I guess like the it's like a DLC chapter or something. What is the name of yeah. that one called? What is that one called? Do you, uh, do you remember? Do you remember off the top of your head? Is it like Re- Revelations or some something like that? I'm something not sure. like yeah, Revelations. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Okay. Yeah. The, so Revelations isn't even out in Japan, as far mm-hmm. as I understand. The third chapter isn't even out in Japan yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least last I heard, I might be wrong on that. So. There is a third chapter. I wouldn't call it a third game. Like it's never going to get a standalone release because right, right. it takes elements from both sides. Look, what I understand is that uh, Birthright and Conquest. It's sort of like a Pokemon Red and Blue thing. Yes, that it's, it's you, similar. Con- you can play just one of them if you want to, but you're play. It's like from different sides of the story, I guess. Yeah, yeah they're, they're two it, different. They're two different like factions that are fighting yeah. against one another. So it's like, who do you choose to side with? Or what a lot of my friends are saying is like, which waifu do you want to pick? <laughs> which, <laughs> interestingly enough, if you want to be a gay male character, you need to play uh, Conquest. Because mm-hmm. the only gay male husband, Husbando, is in Conquest. Mm-hmm. And alternatively, the only way to be a uh, lesbian is to play Birthrights. Because the only lesbian option is in Birthrights. <laughs> I will, seeing that I usually play a female character in games, I'll probably end up playing Birthrights. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Same. I usually always, always make a girl. So that we'll see. We'll see what happens. I mean, I'm, I'm buying that, that gigantic, that three pack, mm-hmm. that, that super special edition three pack. Whenever it goes back up again on Amazon, I'm going to get it. Well, um, and, I, and I think the idea is like, you know, you, you pick up Conquest and then I guess Revelations is, is the... They say it's a third path, but they're selling it for twenty bucks instead of forty. Conquest and Birthright are both forty on their own, mm-hmm. and then Revelations is twenty. And it, so it sounds like I'm not sure, but it sounds like Revelations is more story or more content. Mm-hmm. So uh, when you buy the first one, Birthright or Con or um, 
Yeah, Conquest. It's 40. When you buy the other story, so the opposite one of whatever you bought, it's 20. Mm-hmm. So Revelations is going to be at least as much content as the first two options. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. So is but, it, I wonder if it's just like how Pokemon eventually had, like it was red and blue, but then there was a yellow. That was like some slight changes, some different mm-hmm. things. No, to my understanding, Revelations is like a completely, it's a, it's a completely different story. Like it's going on at the same time, but like you get a lot more of the behind the scenes Mm. Um, that you miss out um, when you're playing as either of the factions. Because, to my understanding, uh, Revelations is you're, you take neither faction side. Oh, okay, and, okay. And you, you, you go blaze your own path kind of a deal. Cool. Um, so it sounds pretty crazy, but I definitely think... Um, like, I'm excited for the game. I'm not super pumped with how they're selling it. Um, I was really hoping we'd get them bundled together just for a higher price here. Um, so if anyone is interested in the game, but it's not sure what version to get, I'm going to say just get the $80 version where it's all three. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. what I'm, that's what I'm doing. Which mm-hmm. I know is insane to ask someone to do for a 3DS game, but you're getting three games worth of content for 80 bucks. So that's basically three games for the price of two. Oh, so yeah, that was definitely my question. So this is, cause I'm confused about this cause I'm not on top of Nintendo stuff as you guys are. So there's this game, and this is a 3DS game, Fire mm-hmm, Emblem Fades. Yes. So this is just Fire Emblem stuff. Mm-hmm. Yes. The one that's Fire Emblem X Persona staff is Wii U, right? Yes. Yes. Okay, cool. So, okay, because that's the one that I'm, like, hyper-interested in, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sharp FE is what I've been calling it, so. Yeah. Yeah, the Genane Ibun Roku Sharp <laughs> FE. Is what Sharp Effie. Which is, yeah, yeah. No, DJ, you have to always use the full name. I, Every time, full name. Yeah. <laughs> never allowed. Never, you never. roll for the podcast. I have to use the full name every time. Oh, uh, so, so, um, Shin Magami Tansai. <laughs> I will, I will, I, really. I will never, ever forget that, that voice recording for when I got Persona 4 from GameStop. I will never forget. <laughs> like, uh, Gomenasai to all of our Japanese listeners for yeah. <laughs> our constant butchering. It's like, thanks, America. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of uh, Japanese listeners and exciting RPG news, we're getting both of the Dragon Quest games on the 3DS Ooh, over here. We are, finally. I'm super pumped for that. I've yet to play one, though I, I feel like I would like it. You would probably enjoy it. Um, most people I know enjoyed the, uh, what do they call it, the Joker monster joker or something yeah. like that it's the side game where you capture all of the super cute uh monsters from the games um but i'm really excited that these are coming out over here because it's it's felt like dragon quest hasn't had like a legit like like a full game released in the west for a significantly long time mm-hmm. uh we did just get Jag- dragon quest heroes which i need to pick up now that i have a ps it's very good Four. um yeah, I'm super pumped to play that game. It looks amazing. Um, but this is good, because it means that Square, at least, is kind of opening up to bringing stuff over again. Um, because Dragon Quest is their largest seller in Japan. Like, more than Final Fantasy. I believe um, that. So this is this is a big deal. I mean, it's not the MMO, which I think is okay. I don't want to play an MMO on my 3DS. But mm-hmm. I'm definitely excited we're getting the two games we're getting. Yeah, I'm excited about that too. Because um, I, I definitely like the Dragon Quest games a lot, and I wish we, I wish they were brought over more. And I'm, I think if this is kind of like a gateway drug to 
Dragon Quest getting more um, localizations of future games in the West, and I'm all for it. So definitely. So I mean, guys, when we when like we, I know I talk about it a lot, especially on Twitter, when it's like you need to support the content and the games and whatever it is that you like with your wallet. Like you can't buy everything. Nobody's expecting you to buy everything, but if it's the stuff that you really really enjoy, like try to try to put some cash into it so that you can keep getting the content coming over here because it's expensive to localize all this stuff and making these games is not cheap. <laughs> so support your content, no. sh- support it, support the content so we can have more of it. Cause it's awesome. Yeah. Just the act of localization is so prohibitively expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, the, just the amount of staff that it takes and the things that you have to do just to like bring a game over to a different country is, is such a big investment um, yeah. that, you know, a company's not going to do it unless they're pretty certain it's going to sell, you know, bonkers. Yeah. Most people really, really look over um, how much of an ordeal it is, especially when you have companies like Nintendo with the Treehouse branch. Um, those guys, when they localize, they also, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, they literally localize. They make it, they make the jokes relevant to American interests. Yeah, it's not just um, a translating the words there. It's it's actually like writing the game anew, more or less. Yeah, exactly. Um, I don't know if I've brought this up on the podcast before, but um, I, I was around for the localization of uh, Paper Mario Sticker Star. And uh, I remember one of the big changes that they did, and I thought it was absolutely hilarious, is in the Japanese version of the game, when whenever Kamek shows up, um, Kirsty, who's your little assistant, goes off. She just she chews him out for being a nerd and just how dorky he is for collecting these stickers. Um but in the English version, um, when he turns all of your stickers into flip flops, she calls him a hipster, and she just starts going off on him about how he has to do everything. Like, oh, I did it before it was cool. I collected stickers before <laughs> it was cool, and it was it was so much funnier than just general nerd bashing because hipsters at that point in time were the big thing, you know. Um, it was it was really really great, and it was fun to see that process happen um, from behind the scenes. <laughs> yeah and that's you know that's that's the thing that's like people don't and it happens all the time it even happens like in, in non-video game things where like you have to change um so many things have cultural uh jokes in them it happens with anime all the time mm-hmm. there's so many things yeah. where it's like oh that's a, a a cultural reference that someone outside of japan is just not going to get and so you have to sort of find not only find an analog in the country you're porting to but also find an analog that's just as funny and works really well and right. isn't a lame ass reference or you know or joke. Uh, it's a really <laughs> really intense process. Wasn't there something like that in the original um, Sailor Moon translation where they changed like rice balls into sandwiches or something? Well, no, uh, ridiculous. In, it was it's in donuts, Pokemon. Right? It, it was in Pokemon. Oh um, yeah, that was. The, oh yeah, yeah. Because there was it's a se- donuts. Yeah, there was a scene where um, they were eating rice balls like team rocket um had like rice balls they were super hungry or whatever and i think some pokemon ate them and they're like and james is like they're eating all the jelly donuts any clears i'm like that is clearly a rice ball yeah it's like, like obviously like this little <laughs> very is. very clearly yeah and then in like the late in like the later pokemon um anime episodes there was to the point to where uh, nintendo had the rights for the anime um they there was a scene where um there was like a giant rice ball falling down a hill where they actually went in and redrew like like a sub sandwich <laughs> rolling down a hill it's all That's ha- amazing yeah yeah so like it got to the point where they actually changed certain things like that and i guess again we kind of have to uh take into consideration 
the market of who that content is aimed towards. So oh, for sure, while yeah. like while we and a, a bunch of our friends in our and a bunch of our friends that are in our age group, um, we enjoy this content. At its core, it's not directed towards us. Like it's not wow. aimed at us. So when we see things that are changed, where it's like, oh my heart, my heart, it hurts my heart <laughs> to see that change. But I'm like, I guess it makes sense. But for me, I know I feel like. They that sometimes I feel like they that um, localization teams could take um, their their viewer base um, for granted or not for granted, but um they're they're dumbing it down for them when they don't necessarily have to. They're not giving them the benefit. Right. They're not giving them the benefit of the doubt that they that they could actually comprehend that things that there is a place outside of America land that <laughs> that that exists. So. Uh. Two, this is like sort of on topic, sort of off topic, yeah. and then we'll get back to the Nintendo Direct stuff. Yeah. But just two instances uh, pertaining to what we're talking about. One, uh, so Kogias in Japan had a really intense um, uh, ad placement sponsorship with Pizza Hut. Mm-hmm. So one of the characters who's like this, like uh, this witch who's been alive for forever, uh, C two, uh, is constantly ordering Pizza Hut. So there's a constant stream of Pizza Hut boxes in that show with Pizza Hut logos emblazoned. Mm-hmm. And so in the American uh, version, they had to like remove all mention of Pizza Hut and also paint over all mention of Pizza Hut. Oh, wow. Uh, and every wow. scene, which ends up just being really funny because it's like, why the fuck is this character just constantly ordering pizzas that are just like blank pizza boxes? Right. Um, and then uh, with um, uh, uh, with um, Kiki's delivery service, they actually changed because um, Kiki's obviously was like a sort of made to to appeal to a really young audience here in America. Mm-hmm. Right. They completely changed Gigi's uh, arc. As far as in the original movie, uh, Kiki eventually doesn't hear Gigi talk anymore at all because oh. she's it's part of her like growing older. Like right. she is she has grown into she's grown into a woman, a woman. So she no longer hears Gigi talk and Gigi no longer talks to her. Gigi just meows. And it's really like devastatingly sad. Um, wow. And so in the American version, who Phil Hartman uh, voiced Gigi, there is uh, a little while where Gigi doesn't really talk to her. But then he does again at the end. So you're just like, oh, okay, she can still talk to her best friend, the cat. And it's, like, not as sad. Um, and, like, my girlfriend can't handle the Japanese version because she's like, it's too sad. I can't deal with it. I just can't do wow. it. Wow, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah, it's a really huge change uh, because they were just like, this is too sad for, for like, kids in the American audience. Mm-hmm. Right. Speaking of things that are changed uh, for cultural reasons uh this is a great segue yes sounds like it's uh, leading up to yeah. something let's <laughs> build up though so uh Z- xenoblades uh as we know had some uh what's a, censorship is the word that people have been using but that's not the proper word for it mm. yeah um where the developers themselves are changing the game they're not being forced to by anyone, they just decided they want to change it for the eastern or western release, which I think is fine. Um, they've they've made. If you don't know, there's a character named Lynn. She's 13 years old. They decided not to change her age, uh, like they had originally said they were going to. Oh, really? And they removed. Yeah, she's staying 13. Um, they've slightly changed her body proportions, so she's not so boobalicious. <laughs> and um, they've changed her costumes. Now, me and DJ have talked about this in the past. Um, they're alternate costumes. They're not required. It's like armor, right? You equip different armor. Uh, in the Japanese version, they're very, very skimpy uh, swimwear. Um, 
here they have been redesigned so she's wearing like shorts and not quite as revealing clothing and i think me and dj agreed that they actually look better mm-hmm. um than than what they did in japan um that's already been discussed about that's been out for a while and everyone threw their hissy fits or were like no this is completely acceptable that's a completely different discussion new information has come out that uh, another thing has been quote unquote censored from the Western releases. And this takes place when you are in the character creator for uh, women. They have completely removed and disabled the breast slider, breast size slider um, for women characters in Xenoblade Chronicles X. Wait, only in the West. What? Yeah. Wait, so just just to clarify, like Xenoblade Chronicles, you you're you're the character you play as isn't a preset like look, right? You create them just like you would in You can create whatever you want as your character. It's it's kinda like Fallout except not sculpty. Uh I mean I will I will come down on the side of saying that um uh like putting more clothes on a thirteen year old totally fine because i yeah. like i get like japan is more down with like a 13 year old titty i'm not like yeah, right i'm right. not you know if if like if that's a 13 year old's call and she's doing it whatever but a bunch of dudes uh making that 13 year old that way you know it's creepy um so i'm kind of i understand that for the western audience exactly. uh removing the ability for a player especially if it's a woman player to make her boobs the size that she wants them to be it's yeah. dumb yeah, it's really dumb because like boobs are sexualized; they aren't sexual themselves. Yeah. So why would you remove the ability and like and and like boob size is also it's sexualized, but it's not a sexual thing itself. It's a it's a body like feature. Right. Like, removing it's not stuff. like it's not like the main character is young. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're like mid twenties or something. I think, yeah. or at least early twenties. Yeah. Um. So there, it's not like an age thing. You can't put the same reason behind it it's i don't know it to me it i I feel it's more limiting to player creation like there's going to be people there now that won't be able to create the character that they wanted to you know like there there might be a more fuller body woman that wants to create a character that looks similar to her and now she can't um but at the same time, it doesn't affect gameplay at all. Like, yeah. the, the, it has no effect on the story, the plot, or the gameplay mechanics at all. It's yeah. just you can't make the breasts larger or smaller. It, they're, they're set perfectly to medium. So it's not, it's not too much one way or too much the other. So, if it wasn't... Go ahead, DJ. Go yeah, ahead. So, like, are there... So, to circumvent that, are there, like, preset body type options for the women in the game? So at least an actual female player wanted to make a character that was a little bit more flat-chested, or they wanted to make one that was a little bit more voluptuous, are those options available, or can they not... Or are are girls limited to only one body type? So, to my understanding, um, breasts, no matter what other settings you have set to, mm-hmm. are medium. You can't change them. Okay, You can have a bigger girl, or okay. a skinny girl. Mm-hmm. It's just no matter what, her boobs are going to be the same. That is a that, that it's is dumb. A, that yeah I I'm on the side where I think that's a really dumb choice to remove that um, completely um, I think it's completely unnecessary for them to do that um, yep. yeah it just doesn't make sense to me uh, so my my thing is is with initially when it was about the uh, about the costume about like the about the outfits and then there was yeah. something else that was talking that we were talking about as well it was in that I was. Oh, and this also happened, not this quote-unquote happened, a 
like, people are crying about censorship in Street Fighter V when they changed the camera angles on on Cami on Cami's intro um, animation as well as Armika's um, critical art animation. So before uh-huh. in Street Fighter V, when Armika activates her critical art, which is their super moves, um, you the camera would would zoom in on Armika slapping her ass and uh, slapping her own ass and then like posing or whatever. And they've changed the camera angle. They've shifted it upward. It's still the animation is still the same, but it's the the focus right. of the camera has then been shifted. And people are like, "Oh, it's censorship! It's censorship!" And blah 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 blah. This and that. And so part of um, my whole thing with that was the game is in beta, so anything is up for changes, regardless of oh, what it, regardless of what it is. Um, two, I mean. Armika's whole ass, like her entire ass, is visible in her costume. Like right. she's wearing like a um, a, a thong, a, a thong uh, unitard uh, wrestling outfit. You can still see her whole ass eighty percent of the time that you're playing the game. So everybody, and I notice that anybody right now that's crying censorship over anything, it's a bunch of dudes crying over censorship about women not being as objectified as they, as they already are in the set in the said games. I do think right. that the thing with Xenoblade, with them removing the breast slider altogether in Xenoblade, is absolutely absurd. But them them changing a thirteen year old to not be wearing like a skimpy bathing like bathing suit, I think is totally appropriate and okay. And then I think them shifting the camera from not like, you know, doing these dynamic camera pans of like of women's asses, their titties and their like their JJs is totally fine as well. Like Street Fighter already has enough fan service in it as it is. Like a camera shift isn't gonna take that away. Well absolutely. And here's the thing, it's not like even if even if the player character in Xenoblade was thirteen, mm-hmm. I still think there should be like Full body sliders, yeah, like including boob sliders, and that's I agree. it's not because I want there to be a sexualized thirteen-year-old. It's because some thirteen-year-olds develop earlier, right? Like you yeah. know, um, this is. And I talked about it in the last show too. Um, we have this really weird, like, no, this is what a young person's body looks like, and this is what like a, an adult's body looks like, and that's not like what your body, what like what bodies look like, doesn't fall down to this very linear line of like. Uh, 18 and legal or whatever it is in in your state or 16 it is and whatever if someone's obviously drawn to be a child which i think is very very obvious or made to be one Mm. then yeah like we don't need a titty slider on like a young a super like young pokemon trainer character or something that's right right but i think like it's really healthy and it's the right thing to give the power to a player to make themselves in a game. And mm-hmm. if it is a, you know, a 13 year old girl who happens to be busty, who's playing this game, she should be able to make herself. She wants to make herself in that yeah, game. Absolutely. Um, that should be, that should be there regardless of like what their age is to me. Um, when it's the difference is you're empowering that woman, uh, even if you're a young woman to do that thing versus a bunch of 20 and 30 year old devs who are making this, lowly character like to be sexualized which is like super common in everything like it's 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 one of my biggest gripes about most anime right now and it's something that i've just have like sort of have come to accept where it's like cool i hope that this character they don't get too gross with her because that's gonna be uncomfortable but like i'll I'll have to accept that she's gonna be in a beach episode in a bathing suit and that's gonna happen at some point probably yeah um because that's how their culture is with it 
Um, yeah, ah, man, yeah, censorship is a weird... Again, it's not censorship at all in these cases, even though people, are, like the Brady said, right. like, it is, if it's the choice of the developer to do it, then that's what's happening. If they're pressured into it, I get, I sort of, to a degree, get people being like, ah, oh, censorship, in the way that they're like, society is pressuring them to do this, but mm-hmm. if the developer's choosing to do it, they're choosing to do it. And right. frankly, you know, it might not even be a matter that they feel pressured as much as like, hey, dude, if we uh, have this character who's really young and she's super skimpy dressed and we release it in the West, we're going to get so much bad press that it's not fucking worth it. So let's right. just make her some new clothes. Yeah. That's right. a conversation that I'm sure happens. Yeah. And it's not like, at least in the case of Lynn, it's not like they threw something together real quick. Like they are they're nice quality models and it, it is designed to fit in the game. So it looks really good. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it looks better than the, than the swimsuit. I, yeah, I agree. I also would love um, to petition if we're going to have titty sliders in um, games for critic characters. I want dick sliders. Like I, I want to yeah. choose how big of a bulge I have. Exactly. Uh, uh, yeah. And the only game oh, that God, I know uh, that, has, that has done that right now is uh, Saints Row the Third. And Saints Row. The yeah. sexual appeal slider. Yes, the sexual appeal slider. Yeah. Uh, Saints Which, Row is actually... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead, Brady. Uh, I was just going to say, like, I get the joke of sexual appeal slider, but um, not the best name for, <laughs> yeah. for that. Um, I, and it's funny because we talk about, like, this creative, like, sexuality and creative character and everything else. Saints Row, despite being the, like, crass, jokey game it is, probably the most um, racially diverse and a body shape diverse create a character in any game ever. Yeah. Exactly. Um, like a a a large per like a like a fat person is they're fat. Like it's not just like oh we bloated up the the normal size and they just kind of look like a weird balloon. It's like no, that legitimately is how a larger person would look. You yeah, know? Mm-hmm. exactly. It's it's like how that body would carry that weight. Mm-hmm. And I'm, you know, you're gonna have some people who are gonna be like, oh, I'm gonna be like this fat character, and that's so funny because f- fat is funny, and I'm a dick bag. Like that's gonna happen for sure, mm-hmm. um, of course. But like, you're also going to have um, people that are that size that are like, fuck, I can make me in a game. Holy shit, this is awesome! Yeah, and the best thing ever. You're still the hero of the game, and you're still empowered and a badass. And what other games do they have that option? Like exactly. none. Yeah, yeah. So we kind of like went off the beaten path a little bit talking about like sexualization and stuff like that. But I love these. <laughs> co- I love these types of conversations, and I love <laughs> that we can do this in segue. But um, to kind of bring it back a little bit to make it something a little bit lighter. Um. Pokemon Red, Blue, and Yellow are going to be re-released on the 3DS as well. Woo! I'm amazed they're not actual remakes of Red, Blue, and Yellow. I know that we've had those already, but I'm still surprised for some reason. Yeah, I mean, because we already had Fire, Red, and Leaf Green um, yeah. come out. And I was honestly expecting them to... I was thinking that we were going to get some sort of a 3DS remake of Red and Blue. as like a full-fledged well, I... game. Which, it, it could still happen, but I don't know. Well, Diamond and Pearl is next in line for the remakes because mm-hmm. they are going by generation. Yeah. Uh, so okay. Because um, it, it was red and blue, or fire red, uh, whatever. Leaf, leaf green. Leaf green. And then it was heart gold, soul silver, and then it was uh, alpha ruby, omega and sapphire, sapphire, whatever. Or as. Yeah, or so. as, as everybody calls Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's there's a lot of Pokemon games that are redundant Pokemon games. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's, um, and it's pretty much just because of, um, basically, even though in all the Pokemon games you have access to all the Pokemon, if you were trying to transfer them from older games, you wouldn't be able to just because the hardware is different. 
Mm-hmm. So I think yeah. that that's part that's part of the reason why they remade those games so you would have access to those other Pokemon in the newer games. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. That is I guarantee you that's the reason why. Yeah. Um but you know the the thing is is it's it's super cool. I'm probably going to pick up at least one of them, probably blue cuz that was my version when I was a kid. Same. Uh, same. And to to everyone out there that picks them up, I I wish you the best. I hope you enjoy it, but remember Red, blue, and yellow, not so much yellow, but red and blue were held together by duct tape. Oh my god, Those yes. games are, they're so busted. They are so incredibly busted. So don't go into it expecting to just be like an amazing Pokemon trainer, because odds are things are going to throw you for a loop. And that's okay, because that's, that's part of the charm of the first um, games. Mm-hmm. Um, wireless trading is amazing. I was really hoping for online trading, but, you know, beggars can't be choosers. And I'm curious if there's going to be Pokemon Bank uh, mm-hmm. functionality. I don't think there is, but I, that would be amazing. I would love that. I think what might be interesting and maybe even refreshing to people that um, never played Red and Blue but are avid fans of the new games is uh, how intensely simple Red and Blue will seem. Yeah, Because, uh, oh, you know, it's before they added... Uh, I had 90% of the mechanics that currently exist in Pokemon. But there's no breeding. There's no eggs. There's uh, uh, less types. Yep, less types. I don't even know. They, they don't have dispositions in Red and Blue, I don't think, either. Yeah, they don't uh, have I'm using the, the wrong nature, word for that. Na- natures. Natures, yeah. yeah. I don't think they had natures back then, either. Nope, nope they didn't. Um, yeah, it's very. It's a very straightforward game, uh, which I kind of love about it, actually. Yeah, it's very. It's much, also broken. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and, and, and broken. It's straightforward, it's really straightforward and, broken. and broken. Yeah, it's very uh, much rock paper. It's it's very much like a rock paper scissors type thing, but again, it's still really unbalanced. <laughs> but it's a, a uh, lovely game. Yeah, get Alakazam and you'll win the game forever because yeah. he's broke as all hell. Psychic in general is broke in that game. Yeah. Uh, because none of its weaknesses were programmed correctly, so it's not weak to anything. <laughs> nice. It is truly the dragon of the mid-90s. Or yeah, I guess now the fairy funny. of the mid-90s. <laughs> um, but let's see what else we got here. Um, so, Star Fox Zero uh, got, um, got its date, and it's coming out in April. And which is exciting. Which is exciting. I'm pumped. And it looks a lot better. <laughs> Completely new lighting engine. Yeah, it looks so uh, much better. Yeah, it's 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 an, an improvement. Mm-hmm. So I'm interested just to see. I mean, the presentation of what we saw versus uh, saw at this direct versus what we saw at E3 is completely different. So I'm I'm looking forward to seeing to seeing it and what's going to happen with Star Fox. I hope that it's that they, I don't know. Uh, they, they addressed a lot of the gameplay issues that um, that I encountered when I played it initially, but um. We'll see. I didn't see the video. Does it look more just like a uh, graphically updated Star Fox 64 this time? or So it, it looks very similar to what we saw last time, but the lighting engine is different. So materials are reflecting differently depending mm. on what they're made of. The textures are better quality. The shadows generally are higher resolution. There's a couple of times where shadows are super jaggy, and I'm just guessing that's because they're still working on it. I'll need to watch it because, it, yeah, I remember the original footage. I was like, this looks really flat, and that's probably why, because the lighting wasn't doing a lot of reflection. There, <laughs> there is a great video on YouTube that they literally just play the the two trailers next to one another, and they have them synced up so you can see the same thing at the same time. Um, which makes it really easy to compare, mm-hmm. uh, but it's definitely an improvement. Nice, yeah, I'm hoping for the best with that. Um, and then after that, um, they announced the Mega Man Legacy Collection, 
coming to the 3DS, which is pretty cool. It's got Mega Man 1 through 6 on them. Right. I was I was very mad about this because you could already get all those Mega Mans on Virtual Console. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was like, I'll just pass up on this one. And then they're like, and here's the Amiibo. And I was like, excuse me. Yeah, <laughs> it's, like, it's like there's an all, an all gold everything Mega Man Amiibo. Yeah, oh. Mega Man Amiibo is one of the few Amiibos I own. So I was just like, oh, fuck, no, gold. Yeah. Ah. yeah. Oh, I got that because I have uh, push notifications on from Amiibo News. So it's like, hey, hey, DJ, you, you, you want to get that, uh, that Mega Man Legacy collection that has a... Uh, gold Mega Man amiibo I'm like you bet your ass I want that shit so <laughs> I went ahead and upgraded that hate, real quick I hate that like I wasn't expecting there to be so much uh, pre-order information going down on the direct day so oh, yeah. I didn't have any money <laughs> set up for pre-ordering all of this crap so oh, I was no, like no, no, well no, no. I it's, guess I'm not getting any of no, it no 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 it's all Amazon because they don't charge you at the time that you pre-order it they don't they don't charge your account until, the, until it ships so oh. I was just like yup yup let me lock it in <laughs> Let me lock it in real quick, <laughs> and then I'll forget that I bought it. And then I'm like, "Why?" Right. And then I'm, and I get a notification on my phone saying, "Oh, your package is shipped from Amazon," which is exactly what happened with my Animal Crossing stuff because I totally forgot that I pre-ordered um, <laughs> uh, Amiibo Festival. And I'm like, "Oh, it's at my house." Okay, great. In case you're wondering, I just looked on Amazon. That Legacy Collection Special Edition is out of stock on Amazon. Mm-hmm. So, of course, of yeah. course. Just so you know. Just, just so you know. And then, um, I think we the the information about this kind of was uh, floating around the internet for a, a while before the direct. But um, all sources were pointing to it, and all sources were pretty much like all in agreement that it was happening. But uh, Twilight Princess, Legend of Zelda: Twilight Princess HD is happening. Um, I, I didn't, I did not finish it back, um, uh, back in the GameCube Wii days, Mm because I was, uh, the first four hours of that game are bad. Yeah. Um, I was trying to figure out a way to, like, uh, more eloquently, uh, talk about it, but they're just, um, they're just bad. They're not, like, it's a slog. It's really bad. The first four hours yeah. is all, and so I didn't get past that. And I've heard from a lot of people that after those first four like dog hours, that the game gets really good uh, and is actually uh, really good Zelda games. Eh, but it's, it's yeah, mm. it's it's eh. <laughs> it, like not. I don't want to I don't want to insult any Zelda fans because we all have our favorite Zelda, which like you can't explain to anyone else why it's your favorite Zelda. Like mine is Link's Awakening. I love Link's Awakening, and I yeah. know people that absolutely despise Link's Awakening. Oh, for so sure. But when we that's Christmas. that's fine. <laughs> Um, to me, my personal opinion, um, Twilight Princess is the most meh 3D Zelda in existence. Um, I got through it. It was okay. Like, I didn't have any urge to play it over again like I did with Wind Waker or Majora's Mask or mm-hmm. Link's Awakening because I can't stop playing that game. Um, and, you know, that's that's it's really cool that it's coming out again. I'm jokingly calling it uh, Twilight Princess... We figured out how to remove the Vaseline from the lens edition because there's a lot less like smearing. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, so you want to know what that ha- that game has that same filter because like I know you haven't been watching the show as for as long as me and uh, Nigel have, but basically mm-hmm. Twilight Princess has the RuPaul Drag Race season one filter on it. Oh my it. god! <laughs> it it oh ha- god. that's <laughs> if you go if you like. Take take some time, and if you're listening at home, if you if you don't watch RuPaul's Drag Race, do yourself a favor and watch it. It's amazing. It's the only. It's the best. It's the only reality competition show you should be watching, ever. 
Um, <laughs> but season one had this like hazy Vaseline covered filter on the whole show because some of those queens did look a little rough that first season. Oh. But it's still an amazing show, no less. But Twilight Princess did have some weird visual like mumbo jumbo on it that I didn't like either. Um, yeah. Yeah, and uh, my my favorite Zelda game is uh, Skyward Sword. Um, so that was a good one. Skyward yeah, Sword was good. I I would have rather seen Skyward Sword HD, but that's fine if they want to re-release Twilight Princess. That's cool. And so the deal is, is like it, it, it's hard to tell, but Twilight Princess and Wind Waker ran on the same engine. So when they made Wind Waker HD, they were just like, well, we already have everything done. You know, mm. we could just throw Twilight Princess into this and it, it would be a very quick project, which yeah. it is. And like looking at it, it looks good. But my issue, like, I personally mm. can't really tell the difference between the Wii or the GameCube version and the HD version outside of the smearing is gone. Mm-hmm. So it's not as an amazing jump as Wind Waker Wind Waker HD was, but also, um, which but, blew my socks off. But also, to, oh, to your point with that, too, is I think it's more, more or less a, an issue of art direction, honestly, because, yes, I, yeah. because the, uh, the art direction in um, Wind Waker um, held up. Even if you went back and played the GameCube version of the game, that, the, the art direction holds up. Well, Wind yeah. Waker is also a game that uses... Um, and I could be talking to my ass here, but it appears to use the everything in Wind Waker seems to be simpler, uh, simpler poly in general, mm-hmm. because they were yeah. trying to go for photorealistic or mm-hmm. what the fans at the time were like. We want a gritty Zelda again. What's this fucking cartoon bullshit? And like, well, congratulations, <laughs> you got Twilight Princess because that's what you wanted. Like, yeah. that's what happened, right? And and like Twilight Princess generally is the most eh, Zelda game, so that's what you get when you fucking hassle developers into doing something and in general yeah exactly and in general uh you know games that try to have a more photorealistic art direction don't translate well down the road to better graphics um yeah you know if you look at um crash bandicoot doesn't and like crash bandicoot and spyro and a lot of like uh, ps1 era games um they look bad because they're on ps1 but you can tell what everything is and there's a language of, and like you can still play them and not be like, oh god, my eyes. Metal Gear Solid on PS1, one of my favorite games ever. Snake's face is like a rounded rectangle with uh, the like, like sort of a squint of an eye, barely shaded on. <laughs> right, it's and, like it's like a shadow. It's like under his bandana, so it's just a shadow. Yeah, and his hair is just a mess of like, uh, you know, again, there's there, there's no individual. This is all just like this. The, the head itself is like the poly with no extra layers on top of it, and the right. you know his hair just looks like a, a mess of like predator tentacles slicked back, oh, um, oh yeah, painted on like not even their own, you know, and that's because. Uh, that's why, um, you know, Final Fantasy VII, I think so many people love the way that game looks, even though it had the weird chibi deformed look. Uh, whereas 8 looks, I love 8, but 8 looks really muddy because mm-hmm. 8 was using the same engine that Parasite Eve was on where, like, they tried to give people normal proportions and have them look like real people. Nope. And in doing that, they just looked like people that didn't have faces and, like, hastily applied makeup to, like, make it look a bit <laughs> And instead just become nightmare fuel. Um, yeah. Yeah, and that's sort of what Twilight. And then nine was amazing, so everyone was happy. <laughs> nine was so good, yeah, because nine had an art direction to it. Yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, so it, like to me, it just looked like everything is just like smoothed out, and they got rid of that that awful filter, and it looks like there's less anti-aliasing in the Wii U version. Which, I mean, I want to play that game again because I want to play a Zelda game without motion controls. So I'm well. I have to play it again because it's coming with a Midna amiibo, and that's what <laughs> yeah. I'm calling it. Damn it! It's the Midna amiibo. Yeah, it's, it's Mid- not the Wolf Link amiibo. Yeah, it's Midna riding Wolf Link amiibo. Right, but yeah. the, the key point is is Midna they is they heavily suggested that uh, something, some sort of data is going to be carried over from Twilight Princess HD through the Midna amiibo into Zelda Wii U. Yes, yeah. we have no idea what, and we we have no idea if it's going to be anything significant or something stupid, or if you even have to have like some sort of save data from uh, Twilight Princess on the amiibo itself to transfer over we have no clue so my money is on stupid but just like cosmetic enough or whatever enough to make me be like god damn it i gotta do that yeah yeah it's probably gonna be like midna's mask and you can wear it or something (laughs) yeah who knows who knows but while we're on the subject of zelda i'm excited about this because i loved hyrule warriors and I really liked the art book for Hy- Hyrule Warriors, was when they showed, at the time, the, the, the female Link, quote-unquote, um, character that they initially scrapped for Hyrule Warriors. They actually brought her in the game, I guess, due to, due to fan demand, that people wanted her in the game. So yep. she's in it. And her name, for better or for worse, is Linkle. <laughs> I I personally love it. I'm just going to say that right now. I love Linkle. I have no gripes against Linkle at all. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, here's the counterpoint, yeah. guys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, this is a great discussion that I really want to have. Um, I have nothing against Linkle herself. Um, like, I'm really hyped that they made... It's another female character. And... Um, okay, so I do have some gripes against Linkle. But let me explain. <laughs> um, uh, I'm really happy that there's another female character uh, in... Zelda stuff. I, I dig that she's similar to Link, but I I think she's a product of the... Um, there's a trope, the Miss Male trope, uh, that Miss Pac-Man is, like, falls under. Mm-hmm. And it's... Um, that's what I feel like is, is being done here. It's, it's, it's a step in the right direction, for sure. Mm-hmm. But I think it's also, like, a weird backhanded... Like it's almost like a weird backhanded compliment. Um, the best way I can describe it is by making her Linkle. I think it implies a couple things to me that are weird. So like Zelda, uh, Kill Screen actually has a really really great article um, about this that um, says like N- Nintendo still won't make Link a girl, but they'll put him in a dress and call him Linkle. And there's things about Linkle in what they have shown that sort of to me support that. Where it's uh, so she looks like Link. Um, but she doesn't have the master sword or a sword in general. She uses crossbows, which crossbows are heavily coded. Like any ranged weapon in a game is heavily coded towards females. It just is because they're support or ranged because they're not strong enough to be a close in brawler. Um, and basically most of the changes, like they put her in a skirt and they gave her thigh high boots. Um, and that's sort of the major change from like the Zelda costume. And her name is obviously like super close to Link's name. What it just feels like in doing that is you're saying the hero of time, which doesn't have any like major requirements. It's just the hero of time 
that the hero of time can't be a girl mm-hmm. and that there has to be this character. You know, it's 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 the same thing they did with Pac-Man and Miss Pac-Man. Miss Pac-Man is just Pac-Man with a little bit of eyeliner, some makeup and a bow. Uh and, 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 you know, it's not important there as much because there's not a narrative being told. Mm-hmm. Right. But it, it just feels like, and, and they could prove me wrong, like the Zelda Wii U next year could be a, a Link that's female. Or maybe you can choose to play as a female Link, and that'll be something you can choose off the top. You can choose Link's that. name, gender. That'd be cool. I would love that. But it is, to me, just this weird uh, implication that you can't just have a female Link. It's hard for me to judge completely on it, though, too, because it's, it's right. Hyrule Warriors, which is... Last time I checked, I, some people have said it is canonical. I've also uh, been told it's, it, it's not canonical, canonical to Zelda. It's so. canonical in, its, in a sense that it is its own completely separate timeline, so it would be like the fourth timeline. So you, it's canonical as far as Zelda goes, as in it happens... So there, you know, so, kind of like yeah. So what we're saying is that there is there is one of the Zelda timelines, which which of which there are many. There is a girl who is extremely similar to Link, but she's not the Hero of Time. Uh, well, okay. So Hero of Time was only the title of Link in Ocarina of Time. He, it's just the possessor of the courage of Triforce. Or the Courage of Triforce. The Triforce of Courage. Yeah. Um, whoever possesses that is technically the reincarnation of the great hero from the goddess's war. Yes. Yeah. Um, so it doesn't have to be... Anyway, I, we kind of discussed this on Twitter on that, like how we could we would like to see different things where my personal opinion is I would like to see a, a reincarnation of Link or the Courage of Triforce exist in the single Garuda man that's born every hundred years. Yes, I think yeah. that would make for a fantastic game. Mm-hmm. Um, but so, like, she can be a girl. She can possess the Triforce of Courage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, she doesn't necessarily have to have the Master Sword either. That's just usually... So that's that's kind of the weird thing, right? Like the Master Sword has basically taken place of the Silver Arrow, which was the original weapon that could defeat Ganon. Mm-hmm. Like even your sword was useless against Ganon unless you had Silver Arrows in your, uh, you know, to use, um, which you had to get upgraded. So, like to me, yeah, she doesn't have the Master Sword, but she might have Silver Arrows at some point. And to my understanding, in uh, Hyrule Warriors, the 3DS game, she is going to have her own plot. Like there is going to be a story around her and she's going to have character development throughout the game. Um, so it's not just like, Hey, look, here's girl link. You can play as her. And that's it. It's like, she's, she's actually going to have a bit of development to her um, throughout the game. So, and, and, I, and I, go ahead, go ahead finish. Oh no, you're, you're fine. <laughs> um, uh, and, and I think that's great. Like, I think it's really good. You know, if there's like a standalone Linkle game, I'm not going to be like, I, I think that's a net positive. Right, because we're getting female representation in a for a major uh, video game series. Uh, so if there's like you know a, a story of the story of Linkle, uh, Zelda game, that'd be rad, and I think that'd be really really cool. Um, and I'm like I like the idea for having a story, and that's all interesting. I just uh, I and, and again them introducing it in Hyrule Warriors, there's obviously a need to make a distinction between Link and Linkle because Link already exists in that timeline. Mm-hmm. It just feels like a weird half step to me, where I'm just so, like, just just make just make fe- make a female link that's actually link. Yeah, right. So th- 
the deal here, um, and this is look like stepping away from the lore half of it, right? Mm-hmm. From the development side, Linkle is a third-party creation. Um, she she was created by a company outside of Nintendo. Nintendo, all Nintendo said was, "Yeah, you can do that. That's fine, mm-hmm. right?" Like Linkle is essentially the exact same um, situation as Wall. Luigi was back when he was created, and everyone hated Waluigi when he was created. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, the thing is, is when Waluigi was created, he was just a tall, angry, purple Luigi. That was all <laughs> there was to him. But like, it's been 15 years since Waluigi has come out, and now he actually has a completely individualized uh, character to him. Mm-hmm. Um, even though he's a third-party creation, Nintendo still embraces him as one of their own and allows development of his character. Because um, in the beginning, he was just purple. But now he's like a fantastic dancer and an athlete. And like he actually has very unique things to him. He's kind of a lost lover type of guy. You know, like he's looking for, for someone. And he thinks <laughs> he's found that in uh, Wario in the sense of they're really good friends. Um, but he, he definitely is kind of a lone heart kind of a guy now. But it took 15 years to get to this point, you know. So I think with, with Linkle, it'll just like... She's a third-party character. This is the first game she's existed in. Mm-hmm. Let's see what Nintendo does with her after this point. Yeah, uh, like, let's get past the awkward creation everyone hates her kind of a phase. Yeah, because that's what I'm. That's what I'm hoping too. Because I said it on Twitter before, and I was like, I hope that this isn't the only time we ever see "quote unquote" Linkle in in the Zelda universe ever again. And I have a fortunately for me, I have a coworker who is female who is 100. percent obsessed with zelda she has a zelda uh, she has um the um the shield backpack she has zelda shit all over her desk at work she has a zelda case for her phone like everything she is obsessed with zelda stuff and she like i think she's like 100 percent at hyrule warriors because she uh, absolutely adores that game and i was like i know you heard about linkle and she was like 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 just super excited about it so it was great to kind of hear it from a girl that is super into Zelda saying like, what are your thoughts on Linkle? And they're like, I think she's awesome. And I think she's great. And then another one of my coworkers who, who is also a Zelda fan, but not as much as her. She was like, Oh my God, I'm obsessed. Like, this is great. And they, we all said, we're like, I hope we get to see more of a character that's either inspired by her that gets to be the hero. Like they get to have the Triforce of courage and be in a mainline game. Like, I would love to see that. Right. Like what I would what I would say about it is um and yeah, like I I have female friends coming down on both sides of it. Um yeah. some that really, really love Linkle and are obsessed and like are like I can't wait to cosplay this and some that are like, eh, like not you know, not crazy about it. And I think the kill screen article does a good job of being I think it's harsh, it, but at the same time, like at the end of it, they admit that it's it's a step it's a sign of progress in them addressing the lack of a female link. Mm-hmm. Um and I, I think the the way I tried to think about it is like if I was a, a female gamer who's been like God, I would just love for there to be like for Link to be a woman at some point so that mm-hmm. I could like because to embody I want to like I want to have that connection to Link that I've never been able to have because Link is always a dude. Yeah. Um, I could see like seeing Linkle and just being like Re- they'll be like, Ugh, really. Just kind of like fuck, like oh, you guys are so close, but you won't fucking do it. Yeah, like this is this is my consolation prize that I get, sort of. Yeah, I totally so, get that. I totally even agree though, with that. 
even though it's in the right direction, I think it's easy to look at it as a little bit of a consolation prize almost. And that's not to say, and again, nothing exists in a vacuum, and I think you have people that react as if things do. Um, And, you know, there's there's time to see what Nintendo does with it. Yeah, maybe Link will, like you were talking about uh, with Waluigi, uh, like maybe Link will spreads this whole bigger thing because the reaction is so positive and so loving, and Nintendo's like, oh, we have a character here that people identify with. Um, so maybe hopefully you can, more than Waluigi, you know, that'd yeah. be more than Waluigi. But. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, that's I mean, Wario, I'm sure that happened with to a degree. Where like Wario eventually got you know his own game and stuff, yeah. um, and you know, hopefully that's the product. Or you know, maybe if people are super in love with Linkle, it's more reason for Nintendo to be like, hey, you know what, like. Let's just fucking make the next Link a woman. Yeah, like why not? And honestly, the the new they showed the the screenshot for the 2016, um, like re the reaffirmation that Zelda will come out in 2016 for Wii U. Yeah, um, the hood's back on. The hood's back on, which I think is sort of like okay, we don't know what's going on under the hood, mm-hmm. and like looking closely, I don't so, know. There is like a strand of what to me could be piping on the inside of the hood, but looked like a really long strand of hair. That right. I was just like, oh, it could be a lady link under there. Like, we well, don't know. So, like, in the initial trailer, um, that link does has considerably longer hair than what we're used to with Link. Yeah. Um, when they are donning the, the blue outfit. Um, so, I, w- the sense I'm getting is the initial trailer we saw with the blue outfit uh, fighting the monster on the bridge. Um was like, here's our new game. We're going to go f- fucking crazy with it. It's like, yes, let's do this. And then when they showed us the in-game demo and Link was back to wearing a more traditional green tunic, um, that was when they were kind of lost and confused. They didn't really know like where they wanted to go with the game. And now that they're like, okay, we're going to just push this thing back and completely like come at it at a completely different angle. Um, Link is back in, the, in this costume because they're reconsidering Link as he was in that previous build mm-hmm. uh, or her, you know, like we don't know. We don't know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think, I think the key point to remember, and a lot of people, we saw this on tr- Twitter when we were discussing it, people are trying to force link into all of these like pre-context things. Now we're like link has to be a boy because he has to fall in love with Zelda. But like link was always, 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 always meant to be a link to the player from like, he, Yes. He is the link yeah. between the video game and the player. The kill screen so Link should be able to that explicitly. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Link has to be whatever the player imagines him or her being in order to get more immersed into the game. That is the entire point of Link and the reincarnation of uh, the Triforce of Courage. And and so. that's that's why I think it's you know if uh, I think people tend to be like ah you know it's never enough for SJWs we have a female link now and they're finding problems with it and I'm just like hey like shut up B um, that's not the case <laughs> like I no. I think that Linkle's a good thing I think it's a net positive I think it's not right. quite 100 percent there and I you know if if the next Zelda game if Link is still a boy I'm not going to be like oh Nintendo's fucking sexist and blah 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 I will right. be like eh, I think it's a missed opportunity like we're at a time where it's it's more accepted in video games why not do it mm-hmm. um but i'm still probably gonna love that game and be super down with it and i fucking love link but i will definitely be uh hoping that maybe the next iteration we get a female right. link or you know fuck like a black link i don't know like or a link that's a, what i'm talking about dude Gerudo, I, and i already told you about my idea for like what the story should be if it's Gerudo yes. link. yeah, yeah that was awesome thing. that was awesome it'd be 
so dope. Um, it is funny. I did get into an argument on Twitter with someone that DJ was arguing in. Um, and it was his, his, his explanation for why, why Link needs to be a boy is, you know, the hero time is like everyone always has very specific, like, you know, Zelda's always a princess. Link's always a boy. Uh, Ganon's always this. I'm like, yeah, but like Ganon was a pig at a point and uh, a dude. And he's like, well, that's a shape-shifting power that he has, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, but it's also like, it's fantasy? So yeah. <laughs> like, if, I'm like, if, like, and you said something really, really succinct, which I think really kind of solidified that. And you were like, if they can justify Link turning into a fucking wolf, yes, I think that yes. Link can be a girl. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't think that dude, that dude probably didn't go on like a Twitter rampage just like, whoa, Link's a wolf in Twilight Princess? What the fuck is this? Fuck this game. Fuck you, Japan. Like, that probably didn't is happen. Yeah, I, I don't even think he was around. But maybe he's Facebook. <laughs> I don't know. Like, whatever whatever way he wanted to to, to shit on things wasn't right. around. Um, you know, because for some reason it's like, oh, Twitter, uh, or uh, Link being a dog, that makes sense. Okay, cool. But the moment you're like, uh, Link's gonna be a girl in this one. They're like, what? Like, it's just, they can't process it. Uh, g- g- girl? Yeah. Uh, uh, tits? <laughs> like, <what is> this? <laughs> Those boobs! Link can't have boobies! You know? Uh, it's, it's like the idea of, like, you know, I'm getting a boner playing as Link. Like, it's just they can't handle it. Um, I don't know. The boob slider from Character Creator. Oh, my God. Uh, and that's, like, part of what I would love, you know, Link, Linkle also. And there's nothing wrong with this. Like, Linkle obviously has a very, you know, she has titties. She has she has a lady body. Um, and, there, and, again, it's also, like, it's the Dynasty Warrior people. So you're not going to create, like, female characters in the games that don't have boobs. Um, yeah. That's completely like very, against their thing. Very prominent boobs. Um, like Linkle, if anything, is is showing some uh, like uh, some uh, co- conservativeness for their design. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's why, like, I'm I am still sort of like maybe this new Link because it would be cool to be like, hey, this is a female character, but she doesn't have to have like huge, noticeable breasts, right? <laughs> like, and, and you know, I think um, on I can't say his name right, Ananuma, yeah, the uh, director behind the more modern uh, Zelda games. He's definitely pushing Link more towards a, an androgyny, oh, yeah. um, a, a, even as a male. Like he's, he said, we've talked about this too, where it's like he would like a female to play Link in a movie if they ever made one. But I think at the same time, like I don't think he wants Link to be necessarily easily identifiable as either gender. It's whatever the player wants to project onto it. Um, yeah. So I think eventually it won't even become an issue of is Link a boy or a girl? It's Link is whatever you want them to be. Which I would love because, like, frankly, if you if Link's never referred to with a gendered pronoun at any point, and like if they make a Zelda game where Link is hyper androgynous, which uh, honestly the Wii U Link looks pretty androgynous. Yeah. Um, if they do that and then they just never use a gendered pronoun, and that's a conscious a conscious choice, and it's just like cool. If you identify with Link as a dude, that's your Link. If you identify with Link as a lady, that's your Link. And now, not only do we have, I think, a stronger rapport with the player character, but now you also have a, a same-sex relationship if you want that to be the case, you know? Right. Yeah. It opens up, I think, so much that's really, really nice. I think there's also something to be said that's powerful for like taking a stand and being like, no, nah, this is... Uh, this is definitely a female character and this is definitely a same sex relationship being portrayed or whatever else right. um, that I think is more powerful. And, and right now I think really necessary in a lot of ways, mm. but I think that for the purpose of what link is, um, I think that's a really, that'd be really cool. 
Yeah. I, yeah, no, it's definitely good to have, have the situations where people just come out and say, no, this person is this, and that is exactly what you thought it was, and that might be controversial, but that's okay. Like, we did it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think at the same time, we do need this more murky character. Like, those things do serve a purpose, too, as you said. It's not as powerful, but it's still important that that kind of representation gets shown where it doesn't matter, you know? Like, it, it doesn't matter if this is a boy or a girl. Mm-hmm. So, I, I think both are pretty equally important, personally. Yeah, for sure. Yep, I agree. Um, Hey, look, we we weren't we weren't so opposed to each other's take after all. Yay! Hey, hey, internet and video gamers, did you see that we had a conversation about something and we we didn't call each other racial slurs? Yo, oh, okay. that's what I forgot to do. Is yeah, wait. It? Let me get them all in right start now. Up, okay. Start over. Start over. This yeah, is, this, yeah. this conversation is ruse. This is all. This is all <sighs> scripted. It's all bullshit. Damn it! No, <laughs> no but I mean that's what I, that's why I think you know being an adult is is being able to have a difference of opinion and actually have a dialogue about it and and it just be a dialogue and and that's okay and i feel like a lot of that doesn't happen on on social media platforms because like people are are triggered by by you saying like certain things like and i oh and i always use like triggered and i'm like i'm always joking when i'm like oh someone's talking about sailor moon i'm triggered like I've always used it yeah. in, in, in like a joking manner, but some people actually do are actually triggered by certain things, and then where like wherever their feelings are about that, like, and they just kind of go off on whatever, and and that's fine. Um, so us discussing that that um that conversation that we had on Twitter is not is not a, it's not a dig at 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 anybody or at anyone. It was just a conversation that we were having, and it's like we can we can talk about this and like. And it's okay to talk about it, but let's you know, it's it's fa- it's fantasy. It's Zelda. It can be whatever it wants to be. <laughs> like they can, Nintendo could could have very well written that that Link in this new game is female, and then if that's yeah, yeah. If and that's then your canon on that. If that's what you want it to be, like yeah. if, if if like if it's impossible for Link to be a woman, you know, in your head. Dude, that's fine. That's yeah. your fucking opinion. You're more than entitled to it. Uh, feel yeah. free to argue your point if you want to, but uh, I, I think I think dealing in definites with something that's not your creation um, is like a, a, a iffy area. Yeah. Unless things are specific. You know, if if Aonuma came out tomorrow and was like, hey, uh, Link always has to be a dude. Like, the reincarnation of the hero of time always has to be a guy. Right. Um, and that's just how my universe works. I'd be like, okay, that's what your universe is, man, and that's okay. Yeah. Like, because yeah. that's you're the creator of that thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, when you when you try to like be really definitive with me about that shit, when it's like it hasn't been stated by the creator, I'm always just like, yeah, well, yeah okay. I don't know. Like, <laughs> then we just don't need to keep having this conversation. We can go our ways, and it's cool. Yeah, that's and that's okay. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Nothing at Twitter all. Twitter is also not the best platform to have no. an adult no. conversation. No. <laughs> Um, the internet um, in general. To the character limit. So yeah, 140 characters does not like. Uh, uh, most of these conversations involve a fuck ton of nuance, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. and 140 characters is not conducive to that. Neither is um, uh, the the uh, the format of text, which can't convey emotion or sarcasm or anything else very well. Yeah. Right. Uh, so yeah, it's not the best place to have your arguments, but we all do it. Yeah. <laughs> we all do it anyway. Yep. Uh, 
Okay, so there was a couple of other things covered in the direct, but this has been an incredibly long podcast so far. So I think we're just going to jump straight to the biggest news, yeah. quote unquote, yeah. uh, which is crazy, insane, Cloud yeah. Strife is in Smash. So I'm just going to say, uh, when it was first announced, I was, I was pissed. I was wait what? I was I okay. Just just let me let me say I no, was Brady, unbelievably you're wrong. podcast is over. Um, I was I was super super angry about it during the actual bod- broadcast of the direct, and then afterwards, I like settled down and I thought about it. And the next day, I was rewatching it because that's what I do. I rewatch <laughs> the directs multiple times. Me too. And like I was suddenly super pumped. And, like, I'm totally down for this, 100%. It was just my initial response was just, like, why, Cloud? He's, like, almost 20 years old. He's not Mario is important 30. anymore. But then Mario at the same time, Mario is also in the name of the game. So, uh, <laughs> like, to, to me, I was like, he's not important at all. And then I kind of thought about it. And I was yes, like, well, at, at this point in time, he's just as large as Mega Man or Pac-Man is or Sonic. Like... He is just as large of an icon in the gaming industry as Mario is, mm-hmm. uh, even though some have better pedigrees than others. That's okay. They're they're the classics. They're the staples. Mm-hmm. And I have to accept that Final Fantasy VII is now of that age where he is a classic character and can kind of be relevant whenever he chooses to be. Yeah, but it's think, one of those. Yeah, go ahead. Go yeah, ahead. Think, uh, of, uh, think about it too. I mean, we you you we all know this that again, Smash Brothers is a business. Like and yes. every and every character that was selected for the game, Sans one or two Dark Pit, um, were are, are Sakurai's that, favorite are, are, are put in that game for a reason. Like mm-hmm. yes, like they were all put in that game for a reason. Like Ice Climbers weren't put in that game because one there was an issue a hardware issue limitation with the 3ds, and two, Ice Climbers hasn't been relevant in ages. Yes, it's it's and, a dead franchise. Yeah, it's a dead franchise and until Duck, next year's gritty reboot. I, right. And then, <laughs> and then Duck Hunt Dog made sense because Duck Hunt is iconic and they also re-released Duck Hunt on a virtual console. So there was a direct tie-in with that. And then because yep. they're always making Sonic games and Sonic and they had Sonic Lost World, there was a Lost World stage for Sonic in the game and he was also in Brawl. And then Mega Man, it's fucking Mega Man. Mega Man was, they originally wanted him to be in Brawl, but the cutoff time for uh, development time has already been passed by the time they were like, oh, we wanted Mega Man and Smash too bad, so sad, and they didn't make it in. Also, it was about time for Mega Man to be in a game that didn't suck like, yeah. for the oh. first time in 10 years. Right, right. And then think about with, with Cloud, like they just announced that Final Fantasy VII is getting the remake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that's, I, and, the, and then there's the new Dissidia game that's coming out, and Cloud is in it. And then right. Final he's Fantasy also Explorers, in uh, Explorers. And yeah, yep, he's in it. Like any time that there's Final Fantasy, like previous Final Fantasy games being addressed in any newer Final Fantasy IP, Cloud is always in there. Cloud is always in it. Yeah, like he's always and it's, there. I, I, I'm convinced there's there's two reasons. There there's like two deals here. Mm-hmm. Uh, either he was brought in to promote the remake, um, which is fine, mm-hmm. um, or he was brought in to promote the remake because Nintendo struck a deal with Square to get the remake on the NX. I would, oh, I would shit a brick. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. I didn't even think about so yeah. that. So that's what I'm thinking. Oh, yeah, that's, man. That's a possibility, oh, and, too. Uh, oh, shit. What was it? There was another reason. 
Um, oh my god, I can't remember. This is going to drive me nuts now. It was because another another character Square created. Oh, Gino. Gino won the ballot, and the only way Square was going to let them in is if they get Cloud in there too to promote the remake. That was the other one. Oh, uh, wait. Yeah, Gino. The- Gino won what ballot? The, the Smash ballot. Oh. Was that was that? Well, a- that's what I'm saying. It's like I'm saying, what if Gino? Like that might what be if, the reason like, Gino won. Yeah. And then Square was like, "You can only have Gino if you get Cloud in there too." Huh. I, I could I could see that being them like striking a deal in that aspect. I could, yeah, I could I could potentially see that. I, but, I uh, see either option as mm-hmm. completely plausible from Nintendo and Square. Yeah. But um, I I was at work when I saw that when when the when the direct was happening and I like jumped out of my chair. <laughs> so good so there good. was this there's this I'm, great uh reaction video i linked to on twitter where the guy uh like he sees the sparkles come on screen and it starts moving around starts playing the music and he's like no no calm the fuck down sakurai and then it reveals <laughs> and it was like the best timing ever i was laughing my ass off watching that so uh, good the, the best part of the entire thing was the shot that they did that was aping um when cloud is lying on the flower bed in yes. the church with Eris over him but mm-hmm. they had princess zelda with the flower the lipstick, item. Yeah. The lipstick, yeah. yeah lipstick oh my god that uh. That that made me laugh really hard, actually. Um, I mean, it's doing a good. I haven't touched Smash in probably three months, mm-hmm. and I'll you know I'm gonna probably boot it up and download Cloud and play with them for a bit because I prefer sword characters in Smash in general, and it's Cloud. Like he's uh, there's so many better characters in Final Fantasy mm-hmm. as like uh, you know I guess like almost as a pantheon in a way mm-hmm. uh, yeah. of like you know video game gods to choose from in that series. Um, and I think, you know, Cloud is, Cloud's not a good character. I think Cloud was, you know, the first, the main character of the first 3D Final Fantasy game that hit such a huge, gigantic audience. Like, I, people love Six, and people love Six more than almost any of the other games consistently. Um, I've only played some of it, because I didn't play it on Super Nintendo. I don't have the nostalgia factor for it. I have a fuck ton of nostalgia factor for 7. It's the only Final Fantasy game... No, wait, I played 8 a couple times. Like, 7 and 8 are the two ones I played multiple times. Um, Not that I want Squall at all, because Squall was also a terrible character. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But, yeah, you know, it's... You know, Cloud makes the most sense. If you're going to bring in anyone from Final Fantasy, Cloud makes the most sense. Like, Lightning would probably be my second choice. Mm Mm-hmm. Because uh, you get lightning. Lightning was huge. Oh, like lightning got oh I would have loved uh, that. And I also I, I, lightning. I'm not I think, crazy about lightning. <laughs> see, I, I thought she was a good character. Me like I actually too. liked her. Um, not, but she still had some of the same problems as Cloud, where she was sort of an unaffected um, mercenary type. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I think Zidane is a better character than both of them. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Because uh, he was, you know, I don't know. There's, I, I think it's lazy character creation and writing to have the, uh, I'm a really guarded guy with a mysterious past and no one gets too close to me emotionally because I don't want that. And then right. someone opens me up. Uh, whereas well, Zidane was just like, I'm a silly thief and uh, adventures. <laughs> like it's just going to happen. And Tara yeah. had an amnesia. So yeah. Yeah. Another trick. Well, there, well, there you have it. I mean, that was that was a lot, guys. That was stuff. The Midgar stage looks amazing. Yeah. Oh my god, with all the Dude, the random summons happening during it. And yeah. then I can only imagine like the Final Fantasy VII medley track that they're going to have oh. for the game. And you, you know, there's going to be a new remix of One Winged Angel. Like that's yeah, a requirement. No, it's gotta I'm, be. Um, the I'm wait. 
if you go back and listen, go back and listen to the the motorcycle song. Oh, like, that's great. Uh-huh. like it's one of the best on the song. Oh yeah, that th- that, yeah. that song is getting a remix. That song, nice. is, it has to because it uh, already it already really cool. it's already perfect for Smash because mm-hmm. it's like oh it's like really like fast tempo and upbeat and everything like that would be perfect right. to get remixed for has that sort players. of Casio keyboard demo beat in it yes. a little bit. <laughs> So um, I noticed one thing about the Midgar stage, and obviously I can't confirm it because we've all seen the same footage, so I don't know anything more than you guys, but it almost looks like to get the summons to appear on the stage, you have to pick up like an item, like a Materia stone. Yeah, I was curious about mechanically, like what, if they were just randoms or it looked like Cloud was casting them and I was like, is this yeah. part of this moveset or no, it can't not. be, it's too powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm I'm hoping that they are an item that you can trigger on the stage, which means you can turn them off so you don't have stage hazards on that. Because that stage would be amazing for tournament play if yeah. it didn't have those. Because it's, it's, so. like, it's just like Battlefield mm-hmm. in the yeah. Miiverse stage. So I would be down for it. And everybody would pick that stage because everybody that I know, at least that fucking plays Smash Brothers in NorCal, fucking loves Final Fantasy VII. So that stage would be in heavy rotation all the time. But um, yeah, so, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, we'll we'll see when uh, when a time when a it's time to come out because we also have the the last Smash specific Nintendo Direct happening in December. Mm-hmm. So it's there, the last one. It's the last one for Smash. Where'd Brothers. you hear that? That's, I didn't hear that. That was reported on today. Yeah. Oh, yes, new information. The last the last. It's gonna be there's gonna be more Nintendo Directs, but it's the last, last one for Smash, Smash one. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So you know what that means. They're working on the one for the NX. That's what that fucking means. I, I hope Sakurai gets like give that man a fucking vacation. Like let him take. He a... won't take one. <laughs> he will not take a break. That poor guy. He's insane. That poor uh, guy. Guys, who who's your uh, who do you think will be added to? Because they're gonna if you're in a, a, a whole direct for it, mm-hmm. they're gonna at least reveal one character. Banana. It's gonna be the ballot winner. I'm almost positive. They they Banana. might not be able to show anything from it, but they'll be like, this is who won. So Gino from Super Mario RPG. I'm I'm personally in the camp. I really, really, really want Banjo Kazooie. Okay. I really want them. That'd be cool. Um, and I, I think that would show a much more open relationship between Nintendo and Microsoft because uh, Australia just reported that Minecraft is getting ported to the Wii U. Ooh. So Huh. I think that might be a part like they're opening doors. And I'm really excited that we're moving into an era where the three major companies are like, let's fucking like stop mm-hmm. beating on each other. Like, yes, we all have competitive products, but like that doesn't mean we have to be like iron walled against one another. Mm-hmm. You know, we can do stuff with one another and it's okay. Uh, yeah. Obviously master chief will be, <laughs> will enter the fray. I really don't want that. I really, really don't want that. Spartan Mas- Law could be up there. Master Chief was already in Dead or Alive. Well, a Spartan was already in Dead or Alive, so I think that the crossover for anything Halo related is already said and done. So that's, that's not going to happen. Authority, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you need to calm them toddies. Jesus. Guys, I know it's not going to happen, but Ooh. Naruto enters. <laughs> we have a new challenger. Dude, if they threw Naruto on there, people would lose their shit. <laughs> They would go crazy, they but there's no fucking way Bandai Namco is going to let that happen. Yeah, yeah. Wait, you? I didn't hear that. Na- uh, Naruto. Oh, God. No, 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 no. It has to be a video game character. Yeah, okay, but... Or Snake. No, Maybe no. Snake comes back. Bring back Snake. <sighs> I'm choosing specifically Japanese companies that hate everyone right now. Bandai right, Namco right. doesn't give anyone anything. Konami is just done with everyone. Yeah. So that's not because, like... 
Bandai Namco, or Namco Bandai, however you want to say it, um, they're, like, really in bed with Nintendo. So they'd probably be like, okay, like, if you let us keep making arcade units, I guess. Naruto, like, just do it. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I, I was against it initially, but I really Guys, want Bayonetta. Believe it. I really want Bayonetta in the game. Oh. I really want Bayonetta, because now, now that she's a Nintendo Ooh. character, I yeah. really want her in the game. My, my only issue with that is her creator does not want her in there. And from the sounds of it, Sakurai doesn't want her in there either. Um, like, they both seemed pretty adamant about that when people were literally just bombing their houses with hate mail that she wasn't in it. Beautiful Joe's um, been in Smash, right? No. Oh, no. dude, Beautiful he, Joe, 100%. Yeah, he'd be good. He'd yeah. be great. Um, I know a lot of people are saying, like, Beautiful Joe, uh, Wonderful Red. Yeah. Um, then, of course, there's the two that extremely piss off uh, <laughs> DJ, <laughs> which would be Shantae and Shovel Knight. Um, <laughs> well, oh, I mean, Shovel Knight would I be mean, great. I'm not, I'm not against, like, I don't hate either of those characters, but there are just, like, so many other characters that have been around in gaming history that are more relevant than those two characters. No, guys, I got I, it. I think I figured it out. Okay. Birdo. Oh my god, yes. it's Birdo. Yes. Why not Birdo, dude? It's Birdo, Birdo would be sick. I, I, if, only if you can jump on top of her eggs and pick them up in the air. If Birdo yeah, dude, is in the game, egg. if Birdo was in the game, I will I will stop maining Peach and I will be a Birdo main. You got okay, I'm gonna hold you to this. I'm gonna yeah, we've got Birdo. confirmation, Birdo main. Yeah. If Jesus. Birdo was in the game, I will main Birdo. <laughs> That's but, absolutely nuts. But we'll see. I mean, I'm excited to see what happens um, next month with uh, the Smash Directs. We don't know. We'll see what happens when that uh, when that uh, happens. And I'm excited about that. But I'm, um, I'm expecting ahead. you guys to invite me back the week after <laughs> so yeah. we can talk about oh, it. Oh, for sure. sure. Great. Wow. Anytime. Yeah, anytime. Anytime. But um, we have had a very long show. So um, <laughs> I guess we can go ahead and just wrap things up a little bit. So um, Brady, since you were our guest, um, can you let everybody know at home where they can find you online? Uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Hagen Brady. It's H-A-G-A-N-B-R-A-D-Y. Um, and that's where you can find me. Awesome. And uh, Ruben, where can I find you, my friend? You guys can find me uh, on Twitter at Rubots, uh, at R-O-O-B-O-T-S. Um, and actually, I just I just found out. I just got an email. If you're going to Magfest in, uh, I believe it's February this year in DC Music and Gaming Festival, um, I'll be doing a show at Magfest. So oh, awesome. I can see me do. We're doing we're doing some some improv stuff. Uh, the main improv show. I just I got an email that I'm doing that now. So awesome. you, you can come see me at Magfest. Do that shit. So okay. I've heard Magfest is the best. It so. is the best, man. It is like I, I I live in the home of Dragon Con, and Magfest is the best con there is for sure. Right on. Yeah. And is Magfest is that's it? You said it's in DC. Yep, it's in DC. Usually at the uh, end of January, early February. I believe it's in February this year. Okay. Uh, the same hotel that Katsukon is held in. If you go to Katsukon, nice. Okay, cool. I might, I might see if I can go. I might. I might try to go. To Dude, Memphis. it's the dopest. It's so good. Nice. <laughs> um, and you guys can find me um, as always at um, at oh hey DJ. That's O H H E Y D J on Twitter. Um, we love we love having guests on the show. So if you want to be amongst guests like Brady 
Um, email us at thejoystickjockeys at gmail.com. Let us know if you want to be on the show. We can definitely talk about that and have a conversation about that and get you on. Um, and you can just uh, hit us up on Twitter as well, either at our individual um, Twitter accounts or the official Joystick Jockeys one, which is just at Joystick Jockeys on Twitter. Find us there. Let us know if you want to be on the show. If there's a particular topic you want us to talk about with you, we can totally do that. That's not a problem at all. So we'll work yeah. it out. And uh, you're more than welcome to come on anytime, Brady. And that's open to anybody else that wants to come on the show as well. Yeah, and send us your questions and comments if you guys have anything you, you want us to talk about or mm-hmm. want us to cover. Um, or just like whatever. Just send it to uh, the email address and we'll, uh, we'll talk about it on the show. Yeah, and we also greatly appreciate it if you guys can at all just leave us a review on itunes that would be amazing um we, we would love to get the message of joystick jockeys out there to mo- a lot more people so your reviews and all the good stuff helps um any shares on twitter all that stuff really helps us we want to keep making the show for you guys we really love doing this because i get to talk to my boo in atlanta every week yeah yeah <laughs> get to talk to him every week about video games and stuff so we love doing this for you guys and if you guys want to be on you're more than welcome to but um Yeah, I think that's it for us, and we will see you guys next time. Bye! Bye. Bye!